it is the 529th edition of the Chair Shop Podcast here back on a Sunday evening. I'm one of your hosts, Barry. Oh, burp it into the mic as we get started here uh, <laughs> after my big tasty munchy box dinner. Um, I'm joined by my co-hosts. Uh, first of all, after absolutely horsing into a little monster munch before we start this, <laughs> it's Mr. Paul Griffin. Uh, and they were good, Barry. Um, and also, Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening, everyone. How are we doing, lads? I mentioned there I had a, a tasty dinner today to soothe a mild hangover, not too bad. Without the old on the old beer last night, I had a lovely night out and about in New York City. Uh, had a, a, a delicious Chinese recover today. Feeling good, feeling good. Just got my uh, reliable can of Coke here right next to me. How were your respective weeks or weekends? Well, I don't have a can of Coke next to me. I have a can of Diet Pepsi next to me because I'm doing a thing now where when I go to the supermarket, I try and find like obscure cola drinks now. Ah. Um, <laughs> like Diet Pepsi. <laughs> well, I was saying to you guys before we started, uh, when I usually go to a shop, you have Coke, Coke Zero, um, Diet Coke, Pepsi, and Pepsi Max. They're like the five most common ones. I probably in the last few years, I maybe have seen Diet Pepsi in a can a handful of times. Sometimes you see it in two liter bottle, but I don't buy bottles because you open them and you have one drink and then they go flat and then they throw it out. Just drink the whole bottle. No, I can't drink them. I, I can only do like even even the, the little bottles is almost too much of a oh, serving really? for me. I, can is the perfect amount. Yeah. Unless I'm eating. He, like it's just salt, <laughs> just handfuls of salt. Maybe I'll do a bottle, but um, usually a can is is, is good enough for me. But I even like I had this is this is following on from the blind taste test I did a few weeks ago. Mm. But even since then, I've had now Diet Pepsi, which we didn't we didn't do then, uh, and also like Aldi and Lidl brand Coke and like sugarless Coke, and I'm really trying to find the best cola drink because since i did that taste test i really have an appreciation uh that you know my parents might have wished that i had when i was 10 that the the store brand drinks are just as good as the more expensive <laughs> they really give me a look like come on now you're I, talking I, I, that's, here. yeah that's outrageous that's outrageous i mean like, like it is i've i've um because i've tried them all now i'm going through all the various uh, cola drinks not that much of a difference, to be honest. No, Miss, Mr. Coke wouldn't 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 uh, appreciate that now, and I I respect him wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Well, diet Pepsi today, uh, and my my experimentation will continue. I have seen in in was like a Spar or Eurospar. They had this um, uh, curious curiosity cola or something that I've never tried. But that was that was in like a glass bottle, and it was quite expensive. So I, I've you know leave that one for last. But um, the glass bottle tax when it comes to cola is always exactly uh, exactly uh, always intense. But that's like in the last say the last month and a half, two months now, I've had probably about twelve different cola drinks, <laughs> and I haven't made like a tier rankings. I haven't done a tier rankings YouTube video where I'm like Diet Pepsi B rank. <laughs> and drag it up to like S rank, which would be you know Pepsi Max, obviously. Um, 
Why don't you? Yeah, why don't you do that on stream? A, a, a tier. Uh, because I, I don't know how to do that very. <laughs> that is too technical for where I am in my little stream in life. Why well, no, You could just uh, what software are you? It's the website. You just, I, uh, what software is it? I don't know. Actually, it's Twitch something. Twitch beta. <laughs> Oh, Twitch uh, Studio, whatever it is. Twitch yeah, Studio, I've, I I, I've never, I've never used it, but if it's anything like you can just add, you can just do screen recording. I, I, I know, I know, but like even the technicalities of of doing the tier thing, I don't know how that works. I've never done it before. I'm sure I can figure it out. It's it's literally it's on it's a, it, there's a website and it does it for you. You just put the JPEGs in. I'm fairly sure. All right. Well, maybe maybe one day. Um. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was going to say that for Game Guff, but I have been doing a bit of streaming mm. in the week. Uh, this was mostly because, as I mentioned previous week, I I've been doing the late shift, um, which means uh, I'm working like two hours later than I normally would, and usually when I clock off at four o'clock, that's when a lot of the people that I work with stop working. So right. you have the stragglers who work the evenings. Um, basically, I'm just around in case any shit hits the fan. They need someone to manage. Um, if there was like a network outage or something for to call the global command center and you know get stuff going, but that stuff happens, I don't know, four times a year. <laughs> so really, those two hours, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. So right. I took the opportunity this week to um, ah, we'll have we'll have a, a, a go with the old stream, and, and it was actually really fun. Um, uh, I'll get to the actual gaming part of it later on, okay. but um. It has been fun. Had have a few subscribers already, mm. a few uh, a few followers on the on the Twitch as well. Because I set up a YouTube vi- a YouTube channel where I'm just just for those videos, uh, separate to my private YouTube channel that I use for uh, bookmarking uh, videos where a person gets a shoulder massage or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, so I just have like a Paul Griffin. Uh, YouTube channel. It's got three videos on it, which are the three right. streams I did in the week. Uh, I did a GeoGuessr one, which was good fun. I, I had some really good gets in that one. Mm-hmm. I also had some horrendous misses. Um, the worst of which was co- repeatedly calling Dubrovnik uh, Dubrovka, I think, which is the goal- Newcastle goalkeeper. <laughs> um, and then I've been playing Ocarina of Time, um, which is very different to your stream, Barry, because when you play Bloodborne or Mario Sunshine, you're very much kind of discovering the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where kind of the excitement comes from. Oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, I f- how am I supposed to do this? I'm just very matter-of-factly playing a game that I've beaten, I don't know, five times <laughs> before. Right. But I, I, I like to think, I, not so much in the first stream, because I was still getting used to it, but I think more so in the second stream. Um, because I've played the game so many times, I know a lot about it, and I can talk about why certain parts of it are good or certain parts of it are, are more fun, etc. Yeah, uh, but that's been but that's been fun. Uh, uh, what else? Yeah, the lovely hot weather has gone away, and now it's nice and yes. medium weathered, which I'm more of a fan of. Um, it's quite nice. It's I can sleep. I can sleep, yeah. which I wasn't able to do before. Um, used to used to be back in my day when it was too hot. Um, we were, we often have dogs staying over with us, obviously, because uh, the business. Um, and was like sometimes the dogs can't sleep on their own. We 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 bring up like a dog bed and just have them sleep in the bedroom with us. But when it's that hot, 
even the presence of one little dog raised the temperature in the room like five degrees. I, I can't see. Right. But we had two dogs, two big dogs in the room with us last night and it was fine. So hallelujah. I'm very happy with the weather. And uh, I'm also happy that, that my, the late shift that I was working is now over. I'll be back to the early shift from next week. But that doesn't mean I won't be streaming because now I can just do it after I finish work. Um, as opposed to it the first week just being something for me to do while I was working in inverted commas. Uh, but that's basically been my week, I think. Alrighty. Yes. What, about uh, what about you, Joe? Um, mainly watching the Olympics. I think right. I said um, last week I might not watch a lot of it because of the time difference and lack of crowds and BBC not having the full coverage. Uh, I was lying, baby. I've been watching <laughs> it every day. Repeat. Not only watching it every day, watching the highlights and then watching the extended highlights as well. Okay. Just because well, I think I just really love the Olympics. <laughs> Once you get into it, it's just so much fun. I think the best part is you just, it's kind of how quickly you just sort of fall in love with the athletes, like people you've never heard of before. And then suddenly they win a race and you're like, oh my God, I would die for them. I love this. But they're just, they're just so like (laughs) humble and happy to be doing it. And like compared to like footballers who are getting millions, billions and living the lifestyle, they're, they're literally getting by on, you know, <laughs> 20 grand a year just to train for like on a grant or they're doing crowdfunding just to get by like they're earning kind of nothing they're just doing it out of love of the sport right and they're all just such such like nice people and really good at it so yeah i think you just you just get attached to them very quickly um so yeah i've been enjoying been enjoying the old olympics um some, some great moments so far especially the bm oh, i watched the bmx uh freestyle today which is kind of the 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 tricks, but there's a BMX race and then there's the BMX kind of tricks. Um, right. And the stuff they do is absolutely fucking mental. It's like gymnastics, but on a, on a BMX bike. Um, so it was really impressive. Love a bit of Taekwondo, a uh, bit of triathlon and yeah, a bit of swimming and all that. So yeah, really, really good. Um, other than that, we went out yesterday for an, a lovely burger, got caught in one of the, the worst downpours I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, reminiscent of the day after tomorrow uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Just, <laughs> literally, we came out of the train station and it just started pouring and we just had to run to this. There was a hotel nearby and we just, with about 50 other people, we just stood under this, um, yeah, outside the front of this hotel, sheltering from it. And it was literally, it was insane. Like the whole street was flooded after about 10 minutes. Um, so that was good. That's climate change. That was something to look forward to. Yeah, I remember it rained a lot when I was there once, me and you. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that one. But this was like, this that was normal. That was normal, you know, British rain, just quite mm. bad rain. This was like a monsoon. Right. I've never, I've never seen this kind of weather before. It's quite terrifying. But um, yeah, after that finished, then it got quite sunny. So we uh, went and had a lovely burger. Speaking of Coke, I got a lovely little bottle of Coke at the restaurant, which was a nice surprise because I was expecting a can. And it's sort of restaurant where they, they have cans of drink and it's like £2.50 for a can. And I'm like, all right, fucking hell. £2.50 for a can, I'll bring me own. Um, but then they yeah. brought out a lovely bottle of Coke and I was oh, like, oh, yeah. yes, baby. That's, that's what I want to see. So that was that was really good, and the burger was fantastic. And we had wings with uh, buffalo sauce and blue cheese sauce, which is whoever put those two things together. I mean, kudos to that man or woman because the, that is a hell of a combination, buffalo and blue cheese. I commend them for that. 
yes, that was wonderful. Um, I um, I haven't been out eating in an eatery since pre-pandemic, yeah, yeah. but I I am getting my vaccine on uh, Tuesday, so in two days as we record this. So hopefully I'll get my little card signed and I'll be mm. rushing out to uh, well I have to wait for Natty to get hers. Realistically, but maybe I don't. Maybe I just go eat my own. But I'm looking forward to that. I want to get your guys' opinion on something as well before we continue, right? I um, am looking to sell my PlayStation 4, right? right? Not my PS4 Pro that I'm using to this day, but my previous PS4 that I owned, my launch console, right? Yeah. I just want to get your guys' take on kind of price-wise what I should be expecting. So here's what here's what I have. I, I, I'm selling it on um, adverts.ie, which is, a, for those who don't know, it's it's a local kind of Craigslist-y style. Yeah, yeah. You know, pick, up, pick up and sell any old tat, right? So my little packages that I've set up is PS4 works fine. Um, never had any problems with it, just that it was old, and I got the Pro instead because it was better performing, right? A, a blue controller, okay. DualShock 4 controller, and three games. Okay. Hitman 2, God of War, okay. and Ghost of Tsushima. So there are three good games, and one of them quite recent as well, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. What kind of price range do you think one should be expecting for that? So granted... um. The console is is quite old, but special controller, all the cables, of course, and three games. Is that controller the only controller, or are you giving them? A, are you giving them an additional controller? No, one controller. One controller. Okay, I would. Di- I mean, I, I would discount the fact that it's a special controller. They're pro- I think. I think per- uh, someone shopping on adverts.ie probably doesn't care that it's a blue one. Yeah, I but I, I've made sure just to highlight that. Just be like, look, blue. I I, I given the so newness. The marks, you know. Given like the newness and the popularity, especially of like God of War and Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, say, you know, three twenty to three fifty, I'd say would be really for for a launch PS4. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so with 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 three games and a and, and a. I mean, I, yeah, the control. I mean, the controller. It should come with the controllers. I don't really count that for anything. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. but the, I mean, and the, the reason I say that though is because like PS4s didn't come down in price really at all. Yeah. Um, uh, even even when the Pro came out, like I, I, there wasn't a subst- like the PS2 and PS3 with every revision, um, it got cheaper and cheaper. And the old ones, you know, you can get you can get a PS3 for a song these days in a yeah. in, in a CEX. The PS4s really didn't. Um, now I I would say, yeah, maybe maybe three fifty would be high. Three hundred though, I'd say it'd be reasonable enough. Okay. Um, uh, I I mean, Ghost of Tsushima is like fairly new. It's like barely a year old, you know. Yeah. Um, God of War is like one of the best, and they're they're both. In fact, all three of the Hitman two, they're they're three of the best games in the whole generation. So, um, right. Yeah, you know, I'd say you put it up three fifty. Um, I I've been a bit more conservative. I'll I'll say I'll spoil it. Ooh. Um, really because the the PS four is just taking up space in my house, and I just want rid of it. Okay. Um, so I'm not going too cheap either, but I, I do want to at least attract some uh, money, right? So I, I've gone 175. 
Wow. Wow. Okay, that's aggressive. I'm actually pulling up CEX now to see what a PS4 goes for. Yeah, a launch one. Well, if CEX is going to do me a better deal, I suppose I could no, go there. I think they, no, they're Robin Bastards. They won't. They're, <laughs> that they are. Um, yeah, they sell a, a play. It doesn't specify. I assume it's launch because it doesn't say pro. They sell a PlayStation 4 pre owned 500 gig for 240 quid. So, yeah. But what do, they, what do they buy for? Uh, they probably buy it for they buy it for oh my god sixty five credits uh, no sorry sixty five cash and ninety three credits yeah they so I I'd probably get a hundred for all of that in CX yeah it's right. it's it's pitiful and I actually was just tweeting about this during the week the first thing you do when you go to the website you get hit with an ad saying we'll give you five hundred and twenty five quid for a PS five which is a twenty five quid improvement and they then sell it for seven hundred and fifty euro. Um, yeah, it bonkers. They, they, they. You know, there is. They are worse than GameStop these days. For the yeah. The, See, what I would do in that case, were I uh, a PlayStation Four, were, were I the kind of person who sits on these websites all day and steals consoles from people who actually want to play them, mm-hmm. right? I would see that twenty-five euro profit, right, and say, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to undercut you by twenty-five and yeah. sell them for seven twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be my my model, I guess. Um, but ultimately, what this is uh, leading to, why I'm suddenly trying to make money, is I might be buying a little next gen console myself soon. But we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, let me talk about some music because I didn't do any music guff last week. Let, do you have any any life guff, Barry? Do you? No, very quiet week. Uh, we, we, you know. Um, we we hung out with uh, Brona's sister and her fiance last night, which was nice. Um, no, not, not quite enough week. Twitch in again. I'll talk about the games and game guff, but um, uh, I suppose uh, I'll talk about the actual movies and movie guff. To uh, more shitty cinema experiences, I might just give up on going to the cinema. Um, <laughs> uh, at this rate, oh my god, it's just exhausting. Um, we got. We went to see the Suicide Squad, and we got a late showing on a Friday. It started at like ten o'clock, and so I was like, "No one's going to the cinema at, at ten o'clock on a Friday. Surely they're all out." And to be fair, it wasn't that busy, but there was just like, people sitting directly in front of us on their phone, do, doing the thing where like they turn the brightness down on their phone, like a, not even a lot. They turn it a little bit down, so you're aware it's extremely annoying to be in the cinema with a person with their screen on. You fucking idiot. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm just so over it. I'm so over it. Um, <laughs> was it David Ayer giving out about his... Uh, yeah, he, was pu- he was pulling up his notes app saying, have you, have you read this yet? I was like, I have, David. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't be going to all of these screenings. Um, It'll just get you upset. Yeah. And I was kind of look. I was trying to, I was trying to get... Um, I was trying to book tickets to go and see Zola next week. Um it looks good, but also because I reckon it's a film where um, uh, Johnny Teenager won't be there fingering his missus in front of me and looking up Snapchat. Um, but sure enough, we really are getting back to normality. It's not showing, so far it's not listed on any of the cinemas in Limerick, which is a pain in my arse. Um, but we'll cross that. Oh, um, and also, by the way, did the Green Knight get delayed or something? Like, like, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's annoying. <laughs> it was. Be- it's because of COVID uh, fears uh, re- regarding cinemas opening in the UK. 
So of course we got caught in that first. Uh, painful. That's annoying. Yeah. But, but you no, know, it's, no, no, it's, no, it's, to, to be fair, if I don't if I don't get the finger during a film, I'm knocking it down a star. So yeah. <laughs> I sympathize. Just nudge David Ayer and be like, yo. <laughs> so yeah, I I because I've been working the late shift, I, I've not had the time that I usually have to uh listen to like full albums. Because right. um, usually what I will do multiple times a week um is when I finish work, I'll go for like a two hour walk in the park. And that'll give me time to listen to an album at least twice, and then I'll listen to it during the week while, while I'm working. Mm. Um, but I haven't had the time in the last two weeks to listen to a full... I did actually start listening to an album uh, last week, and I just never got around to finishing it. And then it, it's too far lo- uh, away now for me to go back to it. So what I did instead is I was, I was walking today, and I just went to the Release Radar playlist that Spotify has for me, rather than going to the new releases in the search. Right. And just listen to some singles by different uh, bands, different styles. Uh, so I'll give you my thoughts on those. So um, Griff, who I talked about a few weeks ago, ha- has an acoustic version out of One Foot in Front of the Other, which is, I think, the single off the album she brought out there, which is also called One Foot in Front of the Other. And that mm. is very good. Thumbs up on that one. Uh, I listened to the new Zebrahead song of SmackDown vs. Raw fame. Yeah. They have a new vocalist. Um, I, I did not like the old vocalist at all. He's not the vocalist from SmackDown vs. Raw. They have had three vocalists now. They're the good one from the SmackDown vs. Raw days. Got rid of him. Brought in a new one who sounded like the the most typical uh, pop-punk um uh, you know, uh, bowling for soup or mm. Stacy's mom style. You know that kind of vocalist where, yeah, really round vowels and I don't know what fucking impression I'm doing. I'm stupid. Ignore me. <laughs> but they have a, they have a good. Their new vocal is very good, and uh, their new song "Lay Lay Me to Rest." I actually thought it was very good, so I was very impressed by that. Um, new Electric Six song called "Don't Change." bit bland it's not quite as funny or as catchy as electric six can be a new coheed and cambria song called shoulders which i liked a little bit more kind of math rock than they usually sound like but it was very good a new lil nas x song called industry baby yes featuring jack harlow uh i quite like the instrumental of it but i found the vocals and the lyrics quite lazy yeah in a, in a bad way um when it started, it's kind of like a, a a brassy kind of trumpet-based sound to the to the beat behind it, and then I don't know. I I, I sometimes I think that his his um, vocals can be very very catchy. Yeah. Um, but this one I I wasn't really impressed by. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I listened to uh, a little bit of I don't know if you guys have heard about this the DGs. No. So Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters has put out a Bee Gees tribute album. Oh god, that's called the, the Dee Gees. So I, I I listened to Tragedy, which is probably my favorite Bee Gees song anyway. Um, and if you want to hear Dave Grohl singing in falsetto like the Bee Gees, rather than him doing his own kind of take on it, that's what this is. Um, I also thought musically it, it was kind of strangely empty. Um. Especially Tragedy is a song that's got a lot going on in the background. 
Um, especially like my favorite bit is the the end of the chorus. None of that in the in the Dave Grohl version is just rock guitars. A bit bleh. And then finally, uh, old Tom York of Radiohead uh, did a 2021 remix of arguably their most famous song, Creep. Oh. A song that I don't particularly like in the first place. Um, but I like Tom York and I like Radiohead, so I gave it a listen. Uh, so it's a nine-minute version of Creep. It's just the original recording slowed down like th- three times slower. So it even has like the artifacts you get from slowing down vocals okay. with some like very basic extra instrumentation, like electro instrumentation over it. Very bad. And this is coming from someone who is a Tom York and he's a Radiohead fan. I would avoid. I think it's a bit of a stinker. Uh, so that's my music takes for the week. I saw Coldplay have a new song out. It didn't bother listening to that one, Bibi. No, why? Why would you? Why would you? <laughs> but there, there, there are some uh, individual songs that are out uh, in the last couple of weeks that maybe are worth a listen to. Okay, um, I haven't listened to very many. I haven't listened to many twenty twenty one releases um, so far this year. I want to. Um, I still haven't listened to the new title of the Creator. I want to get to that. Mm. It's one of those ones that I kind of just, I don't want to just kind of listen to what I'm working. I kind of want to just sit down and just listen to it. Pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, I've definitely, this week, I yeah. to that either. I've definitely got the, the appreciation now that the, your first listen through of an album, maybe even the second listen through, like you, you don't really get it until no, like no, no, no. The, the third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll listen to that and I'll try and listen to the new, the new Billy Eilish as well. Um, yeah. That's the music guff for the week. Uh, we can jump over to the tele guff. Uh, not a whole lot of telly this week. Um, I need, I need to, um, I need to catch up and finish Modoc. That's actually finished now. It's now all on Disney. I want to get back to that. Um, yeah, um, but just, uh, just the new Rick and Morty for me this week. What did you make of it? I thought was fucking hilarious. Um, and I really, really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was classic Rick and Morty, as you, as you would say. It's, it was kind of everything you'd want out of it. Um, uh, just kind of weird and clever and creative and plenty of belly laughs. I, I thought it was great. Another, another great episode and a great season, I thought. Yeah, I think it's been a really strong season so far. Um, are we talking about the same episode though? Because I thought it sucked. <laughs> this, is the, what? this is this is the the Thanksgiving turkey episode, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 To me, it was like a bad South Park episode. It was one joke stretched over a <laughs> little bit of butter spread over too much bread for me. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I was very disappointed by it, but there, yeah, it wasn't all bad. There were there were good good moments in. Um, I like the idea. I'm spoiling the episode. I like the idea of the the turkey president, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was the first episode uh, of the run this season that felt a little bit lackluster to me. But like like you said, and like I said, I think it's been a strong season so far. But this one, I was a bit more wishy washy on. Um, 
I I I was I was kind of surprised I liked it as much as I did because I I feel like I don't I, as much as I like Keith David I feel like I never liked the president centric episode. <laughs> I know what you mean. I like him a lot. It's like not it's not a funny character at all. It's, no. it's it's a waste of Keith David. This is the first one where it's like okay we'll have some fun with Keith David now. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm playing a lot of Trover Saves the Universe, so I, I I'm more exposed to Rick and Morty style humor. Yeah. Uh, throughout the week that like waiting for my one fix on tuesday or whenever it's not quite that at the moment for me anymore but um yeah i agree with your point on on um the president i think um that's that that that's the one character that they've never really done justice to in a way of kind of being standout or being funny like um you know like obviously simpsons does really well for example or even shows that maybe are less liked. Like, I think American Dad is very good at that as well. Yeah. Uh, Joe, how is the Rick and Morty catch-up going? Yeah, I'm still working my way through season four of the Rick and Morty. Um, I have have seen some of the episodes before that I'm watching now. I don't. I must have seen them on Channel 4 or something. But, um, right. yeah, I watched the... There's an episode with a load of dragons in it, and the dragons are all, like, sex pests or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I remember that. That was possibly one of the worst things I've ever yeah. seen in my life. I I, I, I don't like that. It. Yeah. it was just not. Fu- it was all. I mean, almost impressive in it, that they were trying to kind of push the boundary of taste and of what you could do, but it was just not entertaining or funny in any way. So I was just. Like, I think. What is- I, I think that to me felt like what uh, Paul was saying earlier. That mm. felt like a bad South Park episode. They just got it in their head that they wanted to push this naughty idea and also say say the joke 50 times as well. Mm. Just constantly, the, the dragons are just constantly being slutty and they, and it's like, how can we go further and further each time? Which is, which can be, if the joke is good, that could be fine. But yeah, I, that is one where whenever it's just Rick and Morty is a, is a very frequent stick it on just to have something to watch show that's yeah. kind of one where i'm like i'm just pressing the old button just to see oh, that one it's, that's terrible it's so yeah other than that decent decent season so yeah enjoying it um also finally finally began watching this evening before we came on uh the first series of ted lasso the mm. um apple tv series with jason sudeikis uh resuming his uh character that was in the adverts for the NBC coverage of the Premier League years and years ago, and they ended up turning that into a, a sitcom. Is so that how they started? I didn't. I did. I did yeah. not know that that was the origin. Yeah, I remember those yeah, adverts. Remember they, they were they were really really funny. Um, it was him kind of taking over Tottenham Hotspur as, as a kind of clueless American coach, and they did some really funny skits with that. So I was kind of interested. A lot of people have been really praising it, saying it's very funny and sweet. So I've been wanting to watch it. The only problem was trying to figure out how to get Apple TV Plus on the TV because I don't uh, fucking know how that work, all this streaming bollocks yeah. works. I just put it on the telly. It doesn't work on some devices because Apple, yeah. like everything works on a Chromecast, but Apple, I don't, I'm not sure if it does or it doesn't. We have yeah. to, my girlfriend has Apple Plus. I think the only console it's on is the Xbox, but it's not on the yeah. PlayStation. So we have to turn the Xbox on to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying. It's, it's very annoying because it, we, it does work apparently on Samsung TVs, but only a, uh, TVs released in the last three years. And oh my four, god! Four years old, so it's already out of date and can't get Apple TV. 
Um, but eventually we just got a Chromecast from that I'd left at my mum's house and um, uh, cast it from a, a tab on, on Michelle's uh, MacBook. So finally got it to work and it was really, really good. Um, really funny, laughed out loud at least probably three or four times, which is, you know, great for a sitcom these days. And yeah, quite sweet and funny. Uh, and not too much kind of stereotypical British jokes, you know, like the... American sort of view of that, which I was kind of worried about. It does, yeah, it has a lot of kind of inside jokes. I think that only only Brits would get, you know, watching it. But definitely a really, really, really funny kind of sweet sitcom. So looking forward to watching the the rest of that. That's really good. And the other one thing we watched was a show on Disney Plus called Behind the Attraction, which was produced by a little fella you might have heard of called uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Ah. Um, also in the credits was his his ex-wife Danny Garcia and Mr. Brian Gewertz of Monday Night Raw fame as well. Mm. Um, so it's actually a series looking at the background of the most popular rides at the Disney parks, um, obviously Ugh. tying into um, uh, The Rock being in Jungle Cruise. Jungle uh, Cruise out this yeah. week. Um, so it's actually a really good documentary, obviously, as we talked about talked about before michelle is a bit of an amateur historian when it comes to sort of disney parks she's a big big fan of those and the kind of history of the, the rides and the imagineers and all that stuff so it actually was you know a pretty good documentary that went into the, the history it was very similar to they, they there's already a series on disney plus about the history of the parks um and so this was a little bit of a kind of rehash of that but still kind of fun fun enough uh, except the Jungle Cruise episode has the rock in it, and it's literally just, <laughs> it's that thing that Barry takes the piss out of him for on Twitter, where he's like, oh, Jungle Cruise, growing up, you know, one of my favorite rides. <laughs> All I wanted Jungle to Cruise. do, I was too poor to oh, go on Jungle oh, Cruise. <laughs> just, you know, oh, one day I was on the Jungle Cruise with Andre the Giant and Ivan Koloff. <laughs> <laughs> And then I thought one day I'll make a movie about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, Dwayne, yeah. So he took up an unnecessary amount of that episode. But other than that, it was it was really good. So, uh, yeah, I recommend those. Definitely definitely a fun time. And, um, yeah, that's about it in terms of the, the TV watching. Did you see did you see that clip of uh, The Rock and Emily Blunt being interviewed by a guy in a Bret Hart shirt? And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Rock's like, just one last thing on your shirt. And he tells a story about how Bret Hart was very good to him when he was coming into the business and mm. <laughs> and uh, he was very respectful and helpful despite the fact that Bret was the champion and he didn't have to be nice to me by that. Mm. And he's trying to like explain these concepts to Emily Blunt who obviously doesn't give a fuck at all <laughs> about it and she's just like, oh wow. He was, he, and he was the champion. Ooh. <laughs> and this is like, oh my god! Can we just get this guy off the Zoom call and get to the next interview, please? <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that was the uh, that's our telly guff for the week. Uh, what about movies, Paul? Well, since we're talking about being happy and The Rock and his happy stories and all that. Uh, this week, the theme was movies that are a bit miserable. I don't want any happiness in my movies this week. Right. So I did Clint Eastwood movies last week. Uh, this week, I went through my DVD collection, and I picked out movies. Number one, movies that I haven't seen. And number two, some some aspect of misery to them. So uh, start off with a movie that I was recommended to me. 
that I actually hadn't heard of and didn't really know much about prior to buying it called Never Let Me Go. I love Never Let Me Go. Natty's given it a positive review. Um, stars Kira Knightley, Carrie Mulligan, uh, Andrew Garfield. So it's got quite a good cast. Okay. Never watched the movie, read the book. Okay. No, Nanny, take, taking back her positive review. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it's very fucking sad. Uh, the, the plot, without giving too much away, is about this um, kind of boarding school where the children live this kind of idyllic lifestyle. It's, it's very... You know, it very much has uh, hints of like posh upper class leading onto your Oxbridge or your your Oxford Cambridges of the world. So it's like children that are being, you know, primed for a very uh, upper class life. Um, but all is not what it seems. There's, a, there's definitely a kind of dystopian sci-fi aspect to it. Okay. And uh, the first half hour of the movie is in the school. They're all played by younger like kid actors surprisingly good because you know kid actors for me can be very hit hit or more often right. miss but it was very good and then it kind of jumps forward to them as as adults uh dealing with what the actual fallout of of their lives is very uh very uh sad as i said very somber and alleg- there's allegories there of like uh terminal illness and kind of themes along that nature which i won't spoil but uh yeah very very good for a movie that i was really unaware it is based on a book which is what natty is is referring to but like for a movie that i was really unaware of i was very impressed by it um then i watched carrie for the first time the 1976 the original okay yeah the brian de palma one not the uh 2013 one with a kick-ass girl in it yeah, Although, the, the, I, worst, the worst kind of remake, just an identical film made with way worse. I, I did watch one clip of the 2013 one just to compare. Yeah. And it's the scene at the end where obviously Carrie has become super Cario. Jean Grey. And uh, she, um, she's standing in the street and uh, John Travolta and the bad girl come at her with the car. And she gives them the big wide eyes and the car <laughs> skids over and, and flips, right? In the 2013 one, she's doing WandaVision fucking hands. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's like slow motion, like the face coming through the windscreen and oh, it's like comically bad and shit. Yeah. That, uh, that 1976 one is real fucking good though. Real good. Yeah. Real good. Um, like, I, like, you know, with Halloween and uh, Wicker Man and movies that like, I, I think 70s horror can be very, I don't even know if it's Wicker Man 70s or 80s, but 70s horror can be very kind of hit or miss for me as well. I didn't like Halloween at all. Yeah. Text Chainsaw, I love, let's just say 70s and 80s then. A catch all for that era. Right. But um, I think the tone really worked here. I love the build up to the, the inevitable payoff. And I think knowing about what happens an hour in, Made it even better because you're waiting for it to happen, yeah. and then when it does happen, the payoff is very satisfying. Um, really, really good. Even better than I expected it to be, honestly. Um, because all, all I knew about it was obviously you know the scene where they dump the blood on her, and then she uses the, her eyes and does the this telekinesis. But there's like more to it than that. And I thought um, Piper Laurie was really good as well as the mother. She's yeah. off Twin okay. Peaks, and I immediately recognized her. Um, 
But uh, Sissy SpaceX is obviously the star of the show, even though John Travolta gets uh, top billing as well as uh, a man who's in the film for about five minutes. Uh, but really good, really good. Um, then is Dread, uh, starring Carl Urban, uh, which is um, The Raid. It's basically The Raid, but not as good. <laughs> But yeah, what if it was based on a comic book? And I know. What if we just had like a really frustrating amount of bad CGI that's yes a- actively dragging it down at certain points? Yeah, that, that's exactly how I felt about it. I thought, I look, I don't think they intentionally aped on the raid by any means because I think they just come out a year apart. Yeah, but I think it's very unfortunate that the raid came out the year before because the plot is literally identical yeah it's 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 the 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 cops including a rookie cop on their real like first assignment out and they get caught in the tower block which has been run by a drug lord and it's like okay this is like (laughs) the same film yeah um what dread doesn't have is any of like the tension that the raid has uh, and has as you said um not particularly good special effects and especially bad uh, blood splatter, which ruins the otherwise good special effects. Um, I think what it does, it overdoes early on the slow-mo thing, which I understand because that's like, the drug in the world is called slow-mo and the the user experiences time at like one-tenth of its usual speed. But they fucking love using that in the first hour. Uh, It's just constant that. So... I reckon if you if you cut those segments out, the first hour would be half an hour long. Uh, and it's not even used in... Uh, like, it, it's used once in an action scene, and so that's where it looks really cool. You have people being, like, shot through the neck or whatever, and you have, like, the ripple effect on the skin, and then the hokey blood, which kind of, as I said, ruins it a bit. Um, and then it's not used at all until the very end, and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the slow-mo. I hated when you did it early on because you were constantly doing it, and then they don't use it at all in the second half until the very, very end. Um, that's not to say I think the film is bad. I just think it's unfortunate that there's a better film which has the same plot, which came out a year before and is better. And it's unfortunate that obviously the budget was not super high because the effects, which would otherwise be quite cool, come off as cheap and a little bit underwhelming. Carl uh, yeah. Urban's really good in it. Uh, I forget the actress's name who plays the rookie, but she's really good as well. Um. Lena Headley is good in it, but they yeah. do that thing again. I, I don't know. She she might she's maybe based on a character from the comics. In fact, I assume she is. But just from a pure like film point of view, the villain having the big scar again. I'm like, oh, here we go. You yeah. know, she's bad because she's got a facial deformity. Yeah, and that's like that's not me being being overly woke. That's just such a cliche at this point. That I'm just I'm just tired of it. I mean, I, I I don't know because I haven't read very much of it, but it's. The source material is so pulpy and so like that that I have to imagine yeah. that's based on a, on, on a thing from the book. Um, Which is kind of why I kind of understand it being so effects heavy because you're like, okay, I think I think it has some nice looking landscapes and it is a. I think it it's is, and the, it's very colorful. It look it's a good looking film yeah, apart it, from yeah, the, the it's, it's it's when when the action kind of kicks off, it just looks terrible and it's just you know. You know, there the, the, are. It feels like there are effectively no practical effects at all in the film. I mean, it just kind of feels like they're. And surely, out. like squibs. Maybe I'm wrong, but surely that's cheaper than doing CGI blood. I I, I don't think it is. I think that's why. I think that's why okay, it's not. Maybe I, I maybe. 
and also the 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 practical it's like clean up and yeah, oh you, you 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 fucked up this shot so we have to do it again so clean this guy up reset all this shit and do it again that's right uh, it's just very it's very cynical like that which is another reason why it really yeah. sucks but yeah yeah unfortunately i th- i think it was a, a solid film bogged down by individual little problems yeah. uh unlike schindler's list which i watched for the first time oh yeah okay no no cgi um, blood in that one uh no um so i didn't know this is gonna be surprising to people but I, aside from it being a holocaust movie in which oscar schindler uh saves jews via the use of a list um i really didn't, didn't know much about it right um so going in, knowing very generally about the plot and knowing that Steven Spielberg directed, I had expectations that it was going to be a very specific kind of film, uh, which it isn't. Uh, I, f- I found it like f- way more brutal than I expected it to be. Um, f- like there's, there, there's scenes in it where like characters are like sh- shot point blank in the head. And the actors are, I've never seen like ragdolling by actors as bad, bad in a, I hesitate to say bad in a good way, but like I found it really, really far more violent than anything that was in Dread. And there was like very little blood, but just yeah. the way the bodies moved um, was really, really kind of repulsive. Um, but that's the effect they were going for. So, you know, it was like the best. Uh, implementation of that I think I've ever seen um, it is 3 hours 15 so it's very long so I did watch it in 2 sittings I watched 1 hour 50 and then I watched the remaining whatever 1 and a half hours but um, it's really great it's deserving of all the Oscars it got Ray Fiennes maybe one of his best performances in it um, Liam Neeson obviously before he became Action Dad <laughs> really great in it yeah um yeah i mean it, it was far kind of far less um schmaltzy and sentimental than i expected it to be as well being a spielberg film um it's very unspielberg it's it's the the you know when, when you go in and watch spielberg film whether it's you know jurassic parks jaws of the world or even his more dramatic stuff like um bridge of spies etc right uh I had an assumption that, like, okay, this is the range of, you know, the extent that Spielberg goes to in his films in terms of the violence, the brutality, uh, etc. And that's why I was shocked that this was so far out of what I assumed would be his his range. Um, yeah, it's 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 absolutely brilliant. Um, it, it's a fantastic looking film. It's black and white, obviously, apart from some bits. Um, I thought it was really, really great. Um, and I had never seen the uh, Goodbye Jews part that Louis C.K. did in his little... Uh, he's doing interviews before he became a diddler. Um, but she literally says it exactly like he did. Goodbye, Jews. Um, but that film is is stone cold, 10 out of 10. No, no argument about it for me. Um, wow. Not an easy watch, though, by any means. No, um, yeah, yeah. Even going in with the expectation of it's a Holocaust movie, it was even tougher than I expected to watch. Um, 
Jesus. Um, and then last but not least, Under the Skin, which I think Joe has watched, if I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, years ago. With Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, it's from 2013, so it's not exactly new. But it's a, uh, a sci-fi drama, I suppose you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Scarlett Johansson and pretty much no one else. Um, well, it stars other people, but no one you'd know. And it is a very, very slow um, movie about, without spoiling anything, I think it's pretty pretty immediate in the film that, yeah, it, it never explains it, but you get it pretty immediately when you're watching mm-hmm. it that um, Scarlett Hans is like an alien yeah. who comes to Earth and seduces men and then has um, has them processed in some way that I won't spoil because I think that was one of the uh, more interesting parts of the movie. But um, it's very allegorical Mm -hmm. um, for relationships in general, I would say. And I thought the allegory worked really well. I thought some of the visuals were absolutely like the stuff that I say, like is is the the cherry on on the top of the cake that takes a movie from a 9 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. There's definitely bits of that in the film. Very visually interesting. Lots of really cool special effects and, and visual effects. Um, but there are times in the film that is just too slow for me. <laughs> um, I, would, I would say generally it isn't. Because uh, the film is only about an hour 45 in total anyway. It's not a very long film. But the first hour is very repetitious. And I get why it's repetitious. Again, because of the allegory that it's, that it's going for. But there are times where the camera will linger on a, on a shot just 10 seconds too long repeatedly. And so you're watching it just waiting for, not necessarily even waiting for something to happen, but just waiting for the cut to the next shot because it's it's that slow. Yeah. Um, and that was the only problem really I had with it is that I think, even though it's only an hour 45, I think it could have been a, a much tighter, like 95 minutes. Um. Because I don't know, like plot-wise, not a lot happens in it. It's, it's the kind of film that you you can't explain somebody as uh, having a really smart plot. It's got a concept, and that's pretty much spread over the hour and a half. It's a little like the Rick and Morty episode. It's maybe spread a little bit too thin, right? But um, I like I really liked it generally. But I would definitely wouldn't argue with anyone who say who would say it was too slow because it's very slow, very very deliberate. Um, but overall, positive. Overall, I thought it was really good. Okay. Um, and and like I said, those the, those specific scenes um, where it, it becomes a bit more David Lynchy, I guess, uh, I loved. So there, there were bits in the movie I really, really loved. Um, but there are also bits in the movie where I was like, okay, we, we could cut a minute off here. So thumbs up on that one. That's all the movies I watched this week. All righty. Uh, in keeping with your theme of, of watching movies of <laughs> profound misery and and, and whatnot, uh, I watched Saint Maud. Uh, on Amazon, was it? Currently on Amazon, yeah. yeah. Um, I could not believe after when I was reading about it after the fact that it was a, a debut feature yeah. for uh, Rose. Ooh, what's her last name? Rose. Oh, I can't remember. Um, West, I think, is it? Yeah. Rose West. <laughs> yeah. Is it very? Uh, 
she was able to channel her 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 lived experience into this weird movie. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's tremendous. It's it's uh, very unsettling. It's one of those great horror movies where they really wring a lot out of not very much. Uh, it's like the antithesis of a of like a Conjuring, which I don't even I like the Conjuring movies, but it's the antithesis of that where they have to punctuate basically every scene with a, a loud noise or a jump or a fake out of a scare. Um, whereas whereas Saint Maud is very atmospheric, very slow burn with the characters to the point where like the entire second half of that movie, there's like this like frog in your throat feeling that like there's there's something coming and it's going to be horrible. You don't even know what it is. You're not dreading the arrival of the monster or something like that. It's just there's this kind of casual unwinding of the of the central character, which is really unsettling. Um, it looks for 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 a movie that's like. A lot of very kind of dark interiors, a lot of very washed out colors. It's kind of set in like uh, seaside England, which depending on how you like shoot it or what kind of movie you're making, that could be a, a lovely, wholesome, uplifting setting or it can just be the grottiest, wettest, ugliest, most depressing little part of the of, <laughs> of, of, of the world to set a movie. And they really go for the latter and it, it just works tremendously. Yeah. Um, really fantastic i mean really really great and just like from from the first couple of scenes they they establish the character so well it's like a, it's an amazing shot super early in the in the film in a diner where where maude is like eating on her own it's just it's such a great scene setter it's so good um yeah absolutely loved it big big recommendation to any horror fans it also clocks in at under 90 minutes yeah as yep. well real bang for your buck movie uh yeah so thumbs up on on Saint Maud, on, yeah, that's, on... that's two recommendations on Saint Maud now on this podcast in the Absolutely. last last month. Uh, yeah, so that's on Prime in this part of the world, at least if you are so inclined. And then I did, as mentioned earlier, venture to Le Cinema to see uh, the Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad, mm. not to be confused with Rocksteady's The Suicide Squad coming out next year on video game consoles. Uh, yeah, I saw the James Gunn project, uh, which uh, I I have actually enjoyed, I think, pretty much everything that's come out of DC since they gave up on the idea of having any kind of interconnected universe. They were just like, whatever. Do you want to make a, a, a weird fake Scorsese movie about the Joker? Just go do it. I don't care. Like, just... You know, you want you know James Wan. You want to make a, a traditional blockbuster, but Aquaman, cool, go for it. I, does it tie into another movie? I don't. Whatever, who cares? I, no one's keeping track anymore. It all sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, likewise, there was a really like like when they did the initial trailer reveal and James Gunn did like the initial round of press like a couple of months ago for this film. There was like a really funny quote where someone asked him how this film ties into the, the previous Suicide Squad. Squad film, and he was like, "Oh, you know, like um, I think if you watched it, you'll appreciate. Um, it's not, uh, you know, really. Uh, it, uh, you know, uh, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. It, like, there's no. And having now seen the movie, I don't don't have an answer to to. Is it a sequel? Is it a prequel? Does it, it doesn't even make an effort to tie in. And I'm not saying this is a knock. I, I just I actually kind of appreciate it. It doesn't even make an effort to tie into the Harley Quinn movie that came out last year or two years ago or whatever it was, which was a really good movie that I liked. Um, it, they, 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 it's just kind of like their approach at the moment is just here's the movie. Here's the movie. We took this this interesting character or characters. We got an actual good director. 
And as far as I'm aware, for the most part, they've learned that they're now staying out of the movie making process and they're just letting the guy make the movie. Uh, and the end result is The Suicide Squad, which was so good. I mean, I, I was I was honestly floored by how, how good it was. Because I like the trailers, I kind of watched the trailers. I was like, this will be better than the first one. But I watched the trailers. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. It kind of looks like... It kind of looks like James Gunn just makes Marvel movies now, even if he's not, even if it's not under the label of Marvel. It's just like some of the jokes in the trailer. I was like, eh, I don't know about that, um, uh, and I, I wasn't certain. But this is way overachieved in my estimation. Um, it has a lot more personality to it than than either of the Guardians films by a considerable uh, margin. It uh, it's obviously I mean the, you can forget about any comparison to the first film it's it's better in literally every measurable way it's 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 it dwarfs it that's a that's a low bar obviously it's not it's not any kind of uh, significant praise to say that but it's a super well done um, uh, super funny super like exciting really stylish film in, in a kind of a surprising way um, you kind of you kind of appreciate. Uh, how being out of the Marvel, um, I don't know what the best way to describe it is, but being out of that Marvel world, a director can direct and actually have a, a, a right. not that this is some avant-garde fucking indie film, but there's some weirdness to it that you can look at and go, oh yes, this is a, a scene where James Gunn decided to get a little bit weird and shoot a, you know, you know without, without spoiling anything, shoot a, a kind of segment of a fight scene that's reflected in John Cena's helmet. You know, his character wears this shiny silver helmet and and there is a fight happening that is being reflected in that helmet. I'm like, yeah, just whatever. Just do something that's that's a little bit more out there and, and not the traditional way this stuff is all done. Um, has a ton of fun with it. Uh, it's super tight as well. It's a little over two hours, but this it, it doesn't drag at all. Um, it's a very rare superhero film that feels like it doesn't trail off in the third act as well. It crescendos so well, so exciting, really, really um, amps up the action and delivers kind of on a few character fronts as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't praise it enough. I, 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 I enjoyed it. And again, um, they, they make, they, there's no, I, I didn't stay till the end of the credits. I don't know if there is or there isn't a scene, but there's, there's ostensibly no attempt to tie it into anything else. It's just kind of, here's the movie, uh, which is great. Um, cast is really good. Obviously, this is the most I've enjoyed Idris Elba in. In I, feel, I can't remember the last thing I watched Idris Elba in that I actually really liked since The Wire. Um, I mean, I never watched um, Luther, but um, I feel like most of the time I end up coming away pretty disappointed from from his stuff. Uh, he had he was a lot of fun in this. As I can't remember what his character, his goofy fucking. It's not Kill Shot. I, that's what it's 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 some mm. shit name like that. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's re- he's really good in it. Uh, John Cena is really good in it. Uh, uh, I've, I constantly enjoy Cena in in, in his cinema roles, and, and Margot Robbie obviously is. You know, she's she does another very fun Harley Quinn performance. Uh, yeah, two thumbs up for for the Suicide Squad. Go see it. Um, it's also you know they 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 are kind of he's they're less constrained on the DC label so. It's way gorier. They have a lot of fun with mm. like really over the top action scenes and people being killed in like bizarre but funny ways, and um, they get to say all kinds of naughty words. Oh my god! god. Uh, for the first time in about seventy years in a blockbuster film, 
uh, there's a character that shags. Um, what? No, 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 no. Marvel characters fuck. They're all they're all sterile uh, uh, weirdos. Even the married ones with kids. I don't know how they got them, but they they <laughs> they're all Barbie and Ken dolls. Yeah, the the the. I mean, the the Marvel universe is the most sexless franchise mm. of all time. I mean, it's so uh, so dry in that sense. Um, but yeah, no, really, really great. Um, it's it's going to be really weird now to go back and watch, you know, like I'm sure it'll be a fun movie again, but like when Guardians 3 comes around, I'm definitely going to watch it and go uh, you know, you're back to kind of just filling in the blanks of the formula that was already laid out for you, mm-hmm. like, you know um, there's only so much spin these directors can put on the Marvel movies but uh, yeah uh, uh, definitely go see Suicide Squad uh, you will have a laugh with it um, yeah, I don't know why they haven't lent more into the um, comic book model of multiple universes, and not everything has to be tied into one big bundle. Obviously, that was very successful for Marvel, but mm. that's not the only way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I guess it, it was just follow the leader, I guess, with the success they were having. Yeah, I mean, um, in, uh, Spider-Verse proved that. Yeah. Um, just, I, I would be more interested in wacky casting and wacky director choices, not in the way that they, that Marvel do, because as we know, the director only does the talky bits, and the rest of it is made by a algorithm. <laughs> but um, I think that would be an interesting way to do it from a DC point of view. Like we have Marvel or um, Batman with Robert Pattinson coming up. Yeah, like that. That's great. More of that. Uh, which you know, yeah, that that looks like. And it just again when you when you're doing away with the with the connected universe stuff, it's like this is a, so this is a very goofy film. Obviously, it's it's I would call it an action comedy. It is it is trying to do all of that. Um, like why why even bother stifle both films by saying okay, the Suicide Squad and this really insanely dark fucking Batman movie with 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 uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Like the, why like you all you're gonna do is stifle the two of them by saying but just so you know these two films have to interconnect in some way. It's like. Um, that's only ever blown up in DC's face so far. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're definitely going with the more kind of almost like anthology kind of route where we're just taking these characters and just doing whatever we want with them. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, those are my movies for the week. Um, you see any movies, Joe? Uh, just the one we watched a documentary called uh, Nine to Five, which is from the same directors that did American Factory, which was. A documentary produced by the Obamas uh, about a, a factory in the US. Uh, so this one is about the kind of uh, unionization of uh, women workers in the seventies. So about kind of secretarial workers who were uh, in the seventies still very much treated like kind of second class citizens and treated like work wives by their disgusting misogynist bosses who got them to sew up their trousers and go out and buy lunches and basically were incredibly vulgar and horrible. Um, So it talks about the kind of movement for those women in the workplace to go and and unionize and and be, uh, you know, respected and and get proper weight, you know, benefits and wages and everything. So, yeah, quite an an interesting documentary. I don't want to say it's... um, not quite as strong as, as the the previous one, but uh, yeah, worth worth a watch. I probably went seven out of ten on it. So quite interesting, but not a not a blow away sort of documentary. More kind of interesting than than amazing. But yeah, that was uh, pretty good, and that's that's mm. what we watched this week. And where can we check that one out? That was on the Netflix. 
Finished. Um, so it's up there, yeah. Very good. So it's pretty good. I haven't used the old Netflix a lot lately. Um, I'm all on there, to be honest. That's yeah, it's, it's it's been a pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty quiet few months. Um, well, there's 800 series of Drag Race, if you want to give that a crack. Yeah, and and 800 uh, documentaries about murder as well. If anyone. Yeah, else. yeah, uh, killing a murder. I think is that the new one up there. Killing Murdering a, a killer. <laughs> Part two. Um, the murder killer. Uh, yeah. The diary of the murder killer. The, the Netflix killer. That was a good one. Ah, yeah. Yes. Um, um, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, we'll jump in to the old game guff. Uh, I do have a non-Twitch related game. Shut um, I I didn't quite finish it, but I, I'm, I'm kind of on the epilogue of Red Dead 2. The um, epilogue? After I... Uh, that's the one uh after the uh so with that i mean i don't think any, anyone would really anyone who cares has probably played it by now but i've i've gotten to the kind of final chapter after the crux of the main it's very similar to red dead one uh where there's kind of like there's an ending and then there's like a couple of little missions to like wrap up some loose ends right uh, red dead one is is, is is 11 years old so i don't mind saying that here where like red dead one john marston dies uh, and that's the that's the climax of the story per se. But then you you fast forward a few years, you play as his son, and you go and like yeah, I think what you, you kill the cop, kills your dad or something like that. I believe is the uh, that's the that's that's I'm in the equivalent of that in Red Dead Two. But I've seen the climax of the game, for want of a better term. It's pretty tremendous. I mean, I I I my I've been super frustrated going back and playing it. And I've kind of been tweeting some thoughts along the way. All yeah. all the stuff we complained about three years ago is still there. I think it's a very conflicting, very messy game when it comes to the actual act of playing it and i i i can't imagine what i would get out of red dead online i mean the idea of let's strip away the story and you just have the mechanics to play around with i'm like I, that sounds like shit i don't want to do that um, <laughs> uh, but i'm super glad i went back and finished it i mean it is a tremendous story and and and, and um uh, once once i started back into it i mean it did get its hooks back into me and i was like well I'm not, this is it's the only game i've really played outside of twitch uh, for the last two weeks as i just kind of okay. wanted to rip through the story um, and I mean that was evidence when I started the game years ago as well. I mean, the performances are all great. The the writing is really understated but effective, uh, and it's kind of a rare video game story that's not kind of like. There's lots of great stories in games, but there's very few of them that are kind of like this one, where it's not like get to the place, kill the guy, you win. Um, there's like a, a from the second you boot the game up, there's like an impending sense of doom. You you know you and your crew are effectively fucked. Um, it's how all the characters deal with that. That's super interesting. Um, and like the Dutch who's a tremendous character and tremendous uh, vocal performance. He's constantly dangling these carrots that are the kind of traditional video game things. Of, oh, if we just rob the bank, then we get to the promised land and everyone's going to be happy. And it's like, the, he's like selling you almost the GTA fantasy, which is, well, if you, if you, <laughs> if you finish the heist mission, you get a bigger house, um, which is not, which is not what happens. Uh, super satisfying, really, really poignant ending. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of I'm bittersweet on it, but I'm super glad. It's it's a it's a phenomenal story. To be fair, uh, so I was glad. I was I was I was. Um, I felt like it was worthwhile. That, that that's probably the best the best statement I can make on a game that I'm super conflicted on playing, but I still went back and put six or seven hours into on top of the thirty or whatever it was back in the day when I started it. So. You know, I'll give it a thumbs up. I mean, I think the story is good enough that people should play it, but most anyone listening to this, I imagine, has probably played it at this stage. Um, but yeah, so other than that, it's just been the Twitch games. I mean, the the I mean, Mario Sunshine was uh, uh, you know another 
part par for the course. Uh, I, I banged my head against some levels for a, a distressing <laughs> amount of time. I had my very first instance, by the way, of uh, being in one of those uh, no jetpack secret levels and failing and just not even realizing that I had no lives left. So it kicks you back out to the fucking hub. You have to get back to the level. You have to get back to the secret to get into the no jetpack level. And then you have to play it again. I'm like, oh, fuck off. You cannot be serious. The miracle of the miracle of, of modern checkpointing. I, I was missing it there. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, still, I mean, still having fun with it. Um, I, uh, I did watch the uh, the whole of the stream on on Thursday, Barry. Oh yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Um, you didn't, but I, I think no. I really <laughs> um, Morale say, was low. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, normally I would enjoy watching you fail and suffer, but it got to the point where I actually felt quite bad. I was like, oh, I was starting to get annoyed. Like you're, you know. So yeah, I'm glad you kind of persevered with it, and yeah, it's in quite tough, tough levels, and but not very intuitive. You you're not wrong. Yeah, it's quite a cryptic game. It's uh, yeah, it's not obvious what to do, but uh, yeah, still a, fun, still a fun time. I think you you at times kind of do what I do, which is you make a couple of mistakes, and then you start to do really stupid stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you, you do a stupid jump that you're never going to make, and you're like, why did I do that? Like yeah. why, why would I do that? It doesn't make any sense. But you just that's the sort of thing you start to do when you, you get into a bad kind of run. But yeah, yeah, very, very fun otherwise. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, the now. Oh, sorry, did you have a Mario Sunshine point, uh, Paul? That goddamn Shadow Mario level, Barry, oh. on the beach. Oh my god! Like oh my god! But not not only your point of view from it. But I, I could see the Shadow Mario about five times, and you, you couldn't see him. And I'm like, yeah, he's right there. I, he's like, look at him. And you're like, oh, where is he? I don't know. Yeah, I, and I, I couldn't figure out what his route was. I was yeah. like, oh, it was frustrating. It is, it is a weird game, because it's like, I feel like so far, none of the objectives have been hard to do once you know what they are. Yeah, but, but it's like there's the one where it's like, oh, you open a secret level by getting the right colored Yoshi. Yeah, I, I, I know what you but, mean. And it's just like, and it's 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 a very simple thing to do. You you bring the food to the Yoshi, but oh, it's not the right color. Oh, make it eat the right food. It's like, but like none of that is said. No. And it's like that's the one unifying factor with the two games I'm playing with it and Bloodborne. It's just like you're just supposed to intuit this stuff, or like, or you know, again, I talk to the chat or Google it or something. Yeah. I'm just like. Uh, and it's the same with the the cool down the chain chomps one. I was like, there's one tiny pond in the level that you're supposed to get them into, and I was just like, do I bounce them off each other? Do I kill them? The 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 fucking thing on my back is saying, oh, have you tried bound, pounding them into the ground? I'm like, shut up, machine! You're not even helping me. This isn't even good <laughs> advice. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I think the Yoshi one in particular is really bad for that. Although I guess they assume that people who aren't playing it as meticulously quickly as you yeah. when you first unlock yoshi in the hub world that you're taking him for a spin and yes, yes eating different yes. kinds of fruit but yeah that doesn't allow for the fact that well what if people don't do that oh well don't then do that, yeah. <laughs> i don't know um yeah and i also i was a little bit disappointed not by anything you did but um one of the shines that I was really waiting for, it turns out, was not one of the first seven of the level. And I was like, oh no, he's not going to do it then. Which is the Watermelon Festival, which I think must be the eighth shine on right. Gelato Beach. Which okay. is one of the most frustrating ones in the whole game. Yeah. Um, so lucky you. But maybe that's something you could do for your old buddy Paul. Is yeah. uh, 
I'll give you like three just to don't, don't you don't even have to do them. Just give them ten minutes, and yeah. I'll just watch a squirm. Because uh, there's that one, and then there's the one that was remember uh, where you take the the boat under the bridge and you jump up from below. Yeah, those ones that they're too they're are very very painful and then there's another one which is not too hard but is is a bit of a pain which is oh no it's it is very hard in fact uh i think i'm thinking the right one is where you know the turbo nozzle lets you run really fast yeah you can run that lets you run through doors basically which is how you get to shine at the bottom of the bell tower oh okay okay but um you run through the doors of the police station and there's like a, a little secret in there and that's that's a little bit hard but um anyway I was just very sad. I was like, oh, I can't wait for him to do the uh, the Watermelon Festival. And then the Seven Shine came and went. And I was like, oh, no, it never happened. Right, maybe, I'll, maybe, I'll do, maybe I'll do it for a bit of fun on, on Thursday. Um, I wanna, I, I, I'm like, think, I've got like some scheduling things in my head. I've got like I've yeah. got a couple of spooky games lined up. But I'm like, yeah, I want to save them for October. Um, and I, I don't think I have too long left in Mario Sunshine as well. So yeah. I'm kind of thinking, eh, maybe I might do some side stuff just to kind of... I, I, can, I can send you a list maybe of... Um, Optional things of, we're of, doing. of five shines that are kind of, I guess, notorious or infamous from the game that are not required for you to beat it. Right. That that again, don't spend an hour doing one of them, but you can maybe give give them like ten minutes and just be like, oh Jesus, fuck this, I'm not doing this one. I'll do yeah. the next one. Um, just because uh, I think they're so kind of frustrating that they're they're part of the sunshine experience, you know. Yeah, part of the yeah. If you're gonna do it, do it. You know. Yeah. Um. Oh, and yeah. also, you haven't done yet the one that I was talking about in the uh, the hotel, the uh, the weird one where go to the bathroom first. Um, yeah, you that wasn't you didn't do that one yet. I think that I, might be I, the I thought I thought I was doing it, and then I realized I actually wasn't yeah. doing it. So I guess I'll I'll, uh, I'll I still have that at some stage. Um, at least also, did, you, there's one world you haven't done yet. By Is the there? way, yeah, you have. You've beaten the first four, which were uh, Bianco Hills, the Harbour one, Rico Harbour, Gelato Beach, and Pinna Park. And you've done uh, Serena Beach and uh, the village, Pianta Village. And there's another one, which is um, where the beam of light is coming up from the ground on the little symbol um, next to the Shine Gate. Yes, yeah. That is a level. What you have to... I'll give you a hint now, is what you have to do is you have to stand there and look up into the sky. Yeah, I I thought that's what you had to do because that's what you do in Mario 64. Exactly. That's exactly I, what it's a reference I to. I couldn't get the fucking camera to work. There's a, there's a button that lets that locks the camera behind you and lets you look around. I'm not okay. sure what the button would be on the Switch, but I think there's a Y on the gamecube i'll investigate i'll investigate i did yeah. yeah so i did at least get some progress on um uh on mario sunshine i had i had my like most frustrating bloodborne stream on wednesday <laughs> where it was just kind of like i'm making zero i mean i literally made zero progress and the thing about that game is when you make zero progress you don't just make zero progress you then start to eat into your resources and your healing items gotcha. oh my god there's like and there's like an optional enemy that I didn't have to be. I spent a lot of time fighting it, and eventually I had to give up, which hurt my ego. And then I had to. Then I got to a boss, which I also lost to. And I was like, "God damn!" So uh, I've I've been trying to do some gr- some off air grinding to get my resources up yeah. uh, for Bloodborne. So uh, yeah, some some challenging times ahead. 
Um, but we, we soldier on every Wednesday and Thursday. Those two games will be on the menu for another few weeks at least. Uh, I mean, Bloodborne for quite a while. It's apparently quite a long game, so that's that's on the agenda for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are the those are the games I've been playing. There was two two solid games or well reviewed games added to Game Pass. They just got released and they came out on Game Pass. The Ascent and Omno. Haven't played them yet though. They're they're downloaded. Uh, trying to make time for everything is the issue now. Yeah. But uh, what about yourself, Paul? Anything else you're playing there? And then well, how's the twitching going? I this show was very fun. Uh, had a friend of the show Woody in with me while I was playing Ocarina of Time the other day. I watched um, your GeoGuessr. Thank you very much. It was good um, fun, yeah. Was yeah, good it was a bit, I, well, I claimed I was good at it, and I did get one or two really good ones where I, I was exactly right. Um, I was just playing the, the basic you're anywhere in the world mode, so right. I, I literally just had to figure it out. But I had a few good ones. Uh, I had a really bad uh, Famous Places run, which I'm usually good at, so that was a shame. Um, but yeah, Ocarina of Time has been fun. Uh, I started playing the 3DS version, which I was talking about the emulation last week. Um, but for whatever reason, while I was running that and running the Twitch software, uh, it would s- like slow down and lag really badly, the emulator. So what I did was I played the first like hour of the game uh, on 3DS and then on stream. And then I realized, oh, no, this is not working because it's, it's going really slow. Okay. Um, what I did was I downloaded an, an emulator for the 64 got the 64 version of Ocarina of Time, which, I, of course, I own as well, and downloaded a texture pack for the Nintendo 64 version, like a mod for it, to up-res some of the textures more in the style of the 3DS version. There's okay. lots of texture packs you can get, and you just like it, it changes the textures used for the polygons. So I'm playing that now, which is still slightly different. It's a 64 version at its core, but it's got nicer graphics, so it doesn't quite look as old. Okay. Uh, all all the text is very sharp. It's it's more effort than Nintendo put into their remakes these days. Um, so I make a good progress in that. Um, next time I do it, I'll hopefully get to the first major checkpoint in the game, which is the Master Sword. Um, two and a half hours <laughs> in, I will be at that stage, and then there's five more dungeons, and then the final, and then I'll beat the game. So I don't know. It'll take me not more than five or six more streams, I think, to beat it. And then, I don't know what I'll play. Maybe something for the first time. Who knows? But, to people listening now who are unaware of this, uh, check out my Twitch, uh, Paul Griffin CSP, and my YouTube, where I put the videos after. Uh, you'll find it all on my Twitter. Go to my Twitter, and all the links are there. And give your boy some support. Um, and then on... Uh, in my real life, <laughs> offline, uh, I've been playing more Trover Saves the Universe. Every time I sit down to play that, I basically play one of the levels. I think there's like five major levels in the game. So I'm like three-fifths of the way through now. But um, really funny. I would highly recommend if you if you enjoy Rick and Morty. It's it's a, very much that kind of humor. Really, really funny. Really, really... Actually, and good fun to play. Uh, I also dip my toe into Star Wars Squadrons in VR. Oh. Because that was a PS Plus game that came out the other week. And... Uh, that is also very fun to play, but because you know it, it's it's like um, Rogue Squadron, on, uh, Rogue Leader on GameCube and, and N64 back in the day, where it's it's just like a, a flying and shooting simulator. Um, but still, they tack on a good ten minutes of cutscenes before you're allowed to fly around, 
because they have to do a Star Wars story where oh you're the Imper- you're the Imperial Empire. I'm like, yeah. just let me fly. I just want to fly. I, I want this game to be. I have a VR headset on. I press X and I'm flying. I don't want like, and especially because the cutscenes aren't in VR. They're, you're just watching a screen <laughs> with a cutscene played on it. Yeah, that's always annoying. Because it is a it's a it's a two D game with VR option. Yes, but once yeah. you're playing, it's really fun. But I just don't do the cutscene. Enough, no story. Just like um, what Rogue Squadron used to do is, you would just have your level select from the beginning, and it would give you like a one screen summary of the story, and then you're playing. Mm. That's the best. I, I think for that kind of game, that's the best way to do it. So that was very fun, and I'm. Uh, I'm over halfway through Paper Mario Color Splash now. Again, like... Um, oh, God, one of the dogs is upside down. Like um, uh, Travis F-Zero, I'm basically doing one level every time I sit down and play it. There's like 32 levels in the game, so I'm I'm, I'm more than halfway through now. I must be like 20 levels in. So um, maybe I have another 10 hours of that. And then I'm done with that. I can put my Wii U away for a while. I don't have any other Wii U games I'm going to play on the horizon. Um, and then I'll get on to Paper Mario on the Switch, which I'm still waiting to play. But most important gaming update is uh, PS5, Xbox. Uh, is it time for me to finally dip my toe into the next gen? The answer is yes, it's happening, Ooh, right? Here we go. Um, and here's why. So my brother this week got himself a PlayStation 5. Ah, lucky and master. So I have had... I go on it. Uh, very little experience. The only ex- all I did was I played the controller demo of Astro's Playroom. So I felt, oh, move it this way and it all falls down into one handle. Give it a shake. Oh, they're all inside. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Um, very, very impressed by the controller. Um, very impressed by graphically how it looks, right? Mm. Um, that being said, I don't own a 4K TV. I, I, I still only own a 1080p non-smart TV from 2011. So my TV is very old at this stage, right? Um, also, now seeing it in person for the first time, that console is too big. It's so big. <laughs> that console is too so big. big. Um, yeah. So my, I call it the entertainment center, but I guess my little shelving unit I have the TV on, is the width of it is probably the width of a PS4 and then the width of like the switch docking station. So combined, right. that's about the space I have for a console mm-hmm. to fit in. All my consoles up to this point fit in there, no problem. I have the PS4, um, Switch, obviously, Wii U, SNES, N64, they all fit in perfectly. Uh, that PS5 won't fit in. <laughs> no room for it, too big. Um, and also, you know, obviously as a consumer, uh, it's a consumerist pig uh, we always want oh, I want the best one I want that PS5 I want that one. okay realistically there's no need for me to have the PS5 the Series X right because my TV anyway is only 1080p it's non-HDR it's not 4K right. so what I what I realize is even though you know at my um, consumerist core is that oh, I, I want the big thing. I want the big shiny thing. Realistically, I don't need that. I can save myself 200 euro and go for one of the, the lower models. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy, like Barry, I believe, an Xbox Series S yes. model. There you go now. There you go. Now you're talking. 
And because on to on Smith's Toys, you get uh, for three hundred, well, two hundred ninety nine ninety nine Europeans, uh, you get the console and a month free of Game Pass. Oh, that's your set then. Not a bad little deal. Uh, and given that I've not had an Xbox for eight years, nine years, excuse me, uh, my 360 finally died for the seventh and final time in 2012. And that's at that point I sold all my games and said, fuck Xbox, I've never had to use an Xbox again. Um, so there's, there's enough now of a backlog of like Xbox uh, One exclusives, like the Halo games, the Gears games that I've really never played. So yeah. I'll get Game Pass and just like play those. Um, also, my birthday is coming up next month, so part of that will be my present. Part of it will be a present for myself. Um, Natty kindly has offered to uh, help me out with the purchase of that, but um, that's what the plan will be. So I get myself a little Xbox. I don't even remember where my like Xbox login is from. I set up a new one. Yeah, I, uh, I probably will. I yeah, I because um, I. It was, it was early enough in the generation. I didn't have purchases on it, so I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know. No, I think the only purchases I had were like rock band DLCs. Yeah. But I didn't have any games or anything like that. So that's what the plan's going to be. Uh, even though I find the PS5 like controller very interesting, um, a lot of the games that are coming to PS5 over the next two years are mostly coming to PS4 as well. So yeah. I have the PS4 Pro still. You know, I'm going to keep, yeah. keep all of that. Also, if I sell that PS4, a lot of that money is going to go into the old Xbox fund. Yeah, very good. Not too bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I also, here's a little a little uh, bonus for me. It's my brother's birthday next week. That's why he got himself the PS5 as a, as a present for himself, which I'm obviously emulating. Uh, so I got him Ratchet and Clank for his birthday, right? Ooh. But... Here's the thing. He's going away for a few days next week, leaving the PS5 behind. Oh. I'm going to have a little sneaky go. And next week, I should have Astro's Playroom and Ratchet and Clank reviews for you. Really? I should have finished Ratchet and Clank. I should try to finish it so we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to try. I, I'm going to have like three days uh, in which I can play it. So I don't know if I'll have yeah. finished, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, and that's all the game go for this week. Yeah, you'll get a you'll get a nice with those two. You'll get a, a lovely uh, sampling of that good controller stuff. Yeah, which is a shame because Xbox controller still uses batteries, I believe. Like, yeah, the, come on, yeah lads, we're in the two thousand and four here. Controller was the 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 Xbox. Um, uh, the Xbox jump does feel a little bit more lateral. It's obviously massive in in terms of power. But I, I, Xbox's mindset though, I do kind of like in it because I also I have uh, an Xbox One controller lying around that I was using for my laptop. Right. Uh, and when me and Rona or me and friends want to play a multiplayer game, it still takes those accessories. Like, yeah, um, I think it can take a wired three hundred and sixty as well. Actually, that's what um, this is. Wired three hundred and sixty controller. It's it's uh, the, all accessories work. Anything that you can play on it works. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, Xbox also has the most seamless you don't even have to think about it or worry about it uh optimization for oh this game you own it has a series s version here it is um yeah. oh you have a series s not an x we won't download the 4k textures so like in some cases the game size is cut in half because obviously that's the one drawback that the memory on that thing is small uh yeah so you won't be able to have but they there's so much of like that the fucking ps5 oh my god it is the in classic sony fashion it is the most inscrutable console in the world it's so bad still to this day if i decide i want to play i want to play miles morales which i have a ps4 disc for 
but I got the it has a free PS5 upgrade. So I have the PS5 version installed. I yeah. put the disc in, it starts copying the PS4 data. I'm like, no, stop trying to install the fucking PS4 version of this game that I already have the PS5 version installed on. It's terrible. Whereas I mean Xbox it just makes it so seamless. So it's it's it, it kind of feels like the 360 generation again, where the, the, the PlayStation side of it, they're just they're trying to figure out all this online stuff and all these versions and it's um yeah, but uh, I think I think you'll really like the the, the Xbox, and it's great that, that it comes with the month of Game Pass because once you get the month of it, you'll you'll keep it. I mean, it's yeah, it's, absolutely. Um, like they had with their big E three presentation, the amount of day one launches they have on Game Pass is crazy, crazy. I know that was really impressed by that, and that was definitely a, um, like a factor in me deciding to get an Xbox, whether it was going to be X or S. But ultimately, yeah. there's no point to get an X at this stage. It would just be 200 euro extra that I I wouldn't benefit from anyway. So yeah, um, and yeah, the back I mean, and the back catalog is crazy because obviously they, they did a big dump when they first acquired because they've now like they did a secondary dump of like every. Bethesda sometimes I do a secondary dump, Barry, especially if I had a McDonald's. You know, sometimes you need to clean yourself out. You do, <laughs> um, but they have now added basically all the notable Bethesda games are now on Game Pass. Fallout Three, Four, Evil Within, One, Two, all the Dooms, all the oh. signs. Um, Speaking um, of, we went through on the PS Five. It shows you your how long you played each game, even yes. going back to PS Four. Uh, Fallout Four was my most played game on PS Four. Uh, I was shocked. I expected it to be like uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Hitman or like Pez. Yeah, or something. You, you, you played a lot of you played a lot of uh, of the old. Uh, uh, yeah, Fallout. I pla- I platinum Fallout for uh, one hundred fifty three hours. Jeez. Yeah. Those are rookie numbers. I know. Matthew's like fuck that. I played eight hundred hours of a card game or something. She's like the real expert for just playing thousands of hours of like Skyrim. But for me, 153 is a lot. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm interested in seeing the uh, the next gen development. Yeah, I I am thinking I will. I want to buy it next week when I get paid, right? But I'm thinking I sh- I should probably be a good boy and and not open it till the birthday. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how how much uh, self discipline mm. I have. The the the, the thing that the, the hardest thing <laughs> the controller is pretty hard to explain the PS5 controller, but the the best intangible thing that you will love when you get these consoles first of all whisper quiet oh my god playing red dead on ps5 it was like it was like this was like i'm living in the future because playing it on the ps4 I'm like, <laughs> and like both the new consoles whisper quiet and oh baby those those non-existent load times are so good so yeah. good um because the s i think is actually the fastest of them because because yeah it's not doing 4k stuff so if you did the good a good litmus test is download a game you know, um, yeah. uh, and and you know something like Skyrim that has like a long initial load and you'll just go and you're in and you're just like, yeah. No, no Skyrim had very bad loading times for sure. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, that'll be fun. I, I can't wait for you to to experience that. Uh, but we will jump now into the emails. Um, I have an email. Go for it. Uh, if I can pull it up here on my telephone. Uh, Scott, the boy, Mac Avoy, has reached out. He has said, I was very happy to hear about the size of your steak you had last week. You said it was the size of your head, and my first thing was, good thing it wasn't the size of his feet, or you'd just have to feed the next table as well. Uh, just curious about <laughs> it. Did that meal give you flashbacks of the serving uh, sizes of food you got while you were in Dallas? 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember I, I went to a barbecue place. I think my second last day in Dallas, and just a big old hunk of meat on a in a it was like a little paper boat type thing. Um, yeah, I mean it, the, the Amer- America and Texas in particular did live up to the 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 stereotype, which I was delighted about. I was like, give me the biggest coke you have, give me the biggest chicken leg. Mm. Um, uh, AT and T Stadium, yeah, give me your twenty quid chicken tenders and chips. Um, uh, I'll, I'll I'll take it. Uh, do you or any of the lads have any interest in the new Steam Deck? Yeah, this is what this is what Paul should get with his his next gen investment. Uh, I looked at it, I really liked the idea, and then realized I don't have to go anywhere. Then it would be useful, so I immediately put the idea of buying one in the bin. Uh, Scott has a pick one as well, which we'll do here in just a second. Uh, the Steam Deck. This is the most wait and see I've ever been on a on on an item. Um, yeah. Because it's kind of so everyone was like, oh, it's kind of like a switch, but it's a PC and it's a beefy PC. And then you look at the specs and people have done deep dive in specs. It's like, mm, it's not really though. It's not super beefy. It's kind of like they're showing, you know, control and all these other big, strenuous, intense games. And most of the analysis come out saying, yeah, but it's kind of going to be playing it at like, you know, 30 frames a second and, you know, it's a 720p. And I'm like, okay, I can do all of that on a switch. And, you know, yeah. Having your Steam library is great, but uh, the the big marketing talking point has been if it's in your Steam library, this game can play it. And there are a lot of people are just saying that's that cannot be true. I mean, it's you know, so I thought it was super cool when they announced it. I was kind of thinking to myself, oh god, am I going to be doing the pre order thing again? The more I think about it, the more I'm kind of like, uh, I I can't, especially because the the four hundred dollar price point is tremendous, but sixty four gigs. For, I know. For, that that would fit about that would fit control and like one other indie game on it. You well, I mean? that, uh, you see Death Stranding on all the publicity for. I think Death Stranding alone is like eighty gig. Yes, yeah, won't won't fit on there. Call of Duty, forget about it. The most popular game in the world wouldn't fit on there. Um, uh, and 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 the 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 incremental it, the price goes up very fast on the yeah. on on the bigger hard drives. Um, I'm not saying I'm totally writing it off, but. But yeah, and like people are saying, oh, it's customizable. You can put windows on it. You can you can pull parts out. That to me is also wait and see. You know, I I want other people to be the guinea pigs on this. Rip it apart and say yes, it does this. No, it doesn't do that. Yeah, I would assume it wouldn't be very modifiable. I I know in terms of like installing software on it, it does, it's like Linux based, so it's not going to have right. Windows. But there, there, it's basically a, a PC, so you you should be able to install Windows on it. In terms of like installing extra RAM or extra memory, probably not. Yeah. Uh, and apparently it is as well as being you know beefy or not beefy apparently it's physically beefy it's a chunky yes. boy yeah um i heard it described as uh the width of two vitas plus two inches mm. so it's gonna be big it's gonna be heavy um so in terms of being portable is it actually gonna be any better than a laptop i'm not entirely sure in terms of portability or you know you're playing it on a smaller screen, but also it's heavier and less <laughs> more cumbersome. I don't know if that's a positive. Um, I don't have many Steam games anyway. Natty is loads, but mine are all like Football Manager, which doesn't necessarily lend itself to a Switch style system. Uh, I think it works quite well on like iPad, which I play it on these days. But like a, a very wide screen with like control buttons, I don't know if that's going to work really. Um, so it's maybe not for me, but I think I did find the idea very interesting. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll wait and see. Um, uh, pick one here from Scott. He says Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, James Spader. Have a great week, Scott. Have a great week as well, Scott. Hope you're doing well. I I don't think I've seen David Spader in anything. 
He's in Blacklist, obviously, but I don't think I've seen him in anything David else. David Spader or James Spader. Oh, sorry, I'm mixing up James Spader with David, David Spade. You're thinking of, yeah. He was in the wrong yeah. Missy, which I did see, unfortunately. You're thinking of yeah. David Spade and James Spader combined, which would be the most powerful actor <laughs> in the history of the world, probably. I would probably, just on experience alone, go for David Spade over James Spader. And I hate David Spade. So what were the first two? Mary Sutherland, was it? Donald? Uh, yeah. Sutherland, Sutherland and Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. I would have to go Tommy Lee Jones, I think, just I, uh, on yeah. the films that I've seen. Yeah, I think so as well. Like, immediately I'm thinking No Country for Old Men. I'm yeah. thinking Batman Forever. <laughs> I'm thinking Men in Black. No. Volcano. Uh, the Fugitive. Uh, yeah. I think that's I, I go. Tommy, I do want to watch. Um, Don't look now, but I haven't got around to it yet. Which is Sutherland, obviously. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go for Tommy Lee Jones as well. There was that time he didn't laugh at the award ceremony as well. That's one oh, of my favorites. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. Although Spader's not. He's been in a few things. He was in Wall Street. Uh, pretty in pink. Actually, that's about it. How many Jones it is? That's my one mail. All right. Do you want to go, Joe? Yes, I also have an email from Scott. He says, Good evening, Joe. A few weeks back, you regaled us with the tale of you and your wife heading out to the pub to have a few drinks. Now that you are a homeowner, I'm wondering if you've picked a particular hallway you plan on sleeping in when you've had a few too many or if you plan on trying trying to make it all the way to the bed um well scott first things first things first the reason for sleeping in the hallway was not inability to make it to the bedroom because that was pretty close it's more the proximity to the bathroom that's the um the importance okay gotcha. there. um problem i have now is our bathroom's actually too small to sleep on the floor in it wouldn't be possible so bathroom floor is out could sleep in the hallway that that could be done um i think these days i'm not sure if, if the the drinking you know maybe past that might have matured to the point where i'm not gonna not gonna be out drinking to that extent i say that give it a year probably will yeah, yeah. um but yeah we, we actually only have one hallway in the house it's a very small flat <laughs> there's there's one hallway that leads to all rooms so that would be the hallway that i'm, I'm sleeping in he, um, he also says, you also mentioned your trip to Manchester and that on your return, you would like to take in a football game. Does Michelle like the game as well? Or does she just go along because you enjoy it? Uh, I think Michelle, she does enjoy football, kind of similar to wrestling. She'll watch it if I'm watching it. She's probably not going to watch it sort of by herself. But yeah, she does actually you know, enjoy it when it's on, kind of gets into it. So she would, she would quite like to go. Uh, and finally, he says, question of the week for all three of you. Can you all give me your top three or five, if needed, celebrity appearances on The Simpsons. I'm interested in hearing your mm. best and worst appearances. Uh, have a great week, Scott. Ooh, that is an interesting one. Top, top celebrity three. celebrity appearances on The Simpsons. So immediately, I'm thinking Dustin Hoffman, as yeah, the, uh, substitute teacher, uncredited appearance, but it's him. Uncredited, but yeah, he, he was fantastic as as the teacher. One of those very, very well, those very early um, 
early kind of a celebrity cameos. Uh, we must make mention of the the recent passing of the of the great Jackie Mason. Oh, Jackie Mason, um, who was uh, Rabbi Krostovsky, um, yeah, which I just just watched recently. A tremendous episode, so so good. I can't remember how it ranked in our uh, in our thing, but it was definitely shortchanged wherever it was. Um, God, oh, um, who's I thinking of? Oh, Leonard Nimoy. In yes. A recurring guest star as well. Yeah, he was in the X Files, the Simpsons Files as well. Yeah, I wouldn't count Kelsey Grammer because I think I'd count him as a recurring character. Yeah, Phil Hartman as well. Yeah, that's yeah. Kind of I mean, by season five, six, Phil Hartman was in every episode almost. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I would kind of go celebrity um, more so. You know, it's great, um, James Woods. Um, yeah, yeah. When he, when he replaces a poo at the Quickie Mart. He was fantastic. Really, really funny. Um, yeah, definitely. That'd probably be my top three. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think he'd probably be. I think he'd probably be. Mm, I think he'd probably be three for me. I think. Uh, honorable mentions to, to Mickey Rooney in Radioactive Man <laughs> and Rodney Dangerfield in the. Um... Oh, I love. Oh, I love. Hey, yeah. you're all right. But what's great is they were just like, just be Rodney Dangerfield. We're not giving you any direction. Just, you know. Trying to get some more lively, a funeral's going to break out. (laughs) I'll give a selfish little honorable mention to John Lovitz as well. Yeah. Yeah. Lovitz is great in every episode he's in. I don't even like the, I mean, the later Arnie Ziff stuff isn't very good, but he's great in it. Um, And uh, I think an underrated one, uh, Harvey Firestein. As Carl in uh, Simpson and Delia. I don't yes. think he's yeah. necessarily the biggest name celebrity you might come across, but I thought his performance is really good, isn't it? Yeah, kind of Hoffman esque sort of. Yeah, like a, a very understated, but like really good performance. Yeah. I'm kinda of, I'm kinda of torn on again, I just literally just watched this actually, I think the last one I watched before we came to do this show. Uh the baseball players, I like I don't know if their performances necessarily are great. Mm. Like it's a, f- a phenomenal episode, but like you know, yeah. it's not it's not as good a performance as John Lovitz or, J- or James. And, but then the "I don't know you, but yes" line plays yeah. into that aloofness, like yeah, and that's why it that works. Is, that is very good. Oh, Jeff um, Goldblum as um, Troy McClure's agent in um, when he marries. Oh someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Max Parker, ever hear of Planet yeah. of the Apes? The planet or the movie? <laughs> the brand new multi-million musical. He is fantastic. Yeah, um, I forgot about him completely. Actually, that's a good, uh, a good one. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm thinking Love. It's number one for me, and Woods number three. I'm trying to think of number two. I love Dangerfield. I love Dangerfield. I I, I, I like Dangerfield. I think that's a great I, top three. Um, Devito as well as her. I just, I was just, but when you said oh, Dangerfield, I was just thinking of Devito as well. Yeah. Um. I like. I. I really love Dangerfield though. I think he's so funny. I think yeah, it's it's tremendous. I. I. I would go. I would go Woods, Dangerfield, and um. Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank already. Um, love it. Love it. I think Dangerfield then is a little akin to Robin Williams as as the genie in Aladdin. Yeah. In that they just let him go. Mm. And it, he he's just Rodney. He's not even the character. He's just Rodney Dangerfield. Was Robin Williams never in The Simpsons? By the way, don't think so. That's a shame. Yeah. That was a good question. That was a good question. Do we do we have any worsts? 
Uh, Lady um, Gaga, the one that's... Uh, Lady Gaga, that episode... Forced me to stop was watching. so bad. Not necessarily uh, she was bad, it's just the whole... Uh, but the episode was about her, she wasn't yeah. playing oh, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kim and Alec Baldwin. Also a bad episode. Awesome. Yeah. Again, like, maybe... I, I don't know if they were bad. That's a horrific episode. That is such a bad episode. Um... Ron Howard. Ron Howard wasn't bad. Ron Howard again in that same episode. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, it's 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 not a great season. Mel Gibson's actually all right, so I wouldn't I wouldn't lump him in. Um, mm, there's none others that kind of jump out at me as terrible perform. Obviously, there's lots of lots of bad episodes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Those those are those are some nice dishonorable mentions. Um, I have one email as well. Hang on, let, on. Me get it, let me get it out quickly. And then I'll read the email. Hey, oh. um, it's also from Scott. He says, Good evening, Paul. I was very happy to hear that you were watching some of the great Clint Eastwood movies. I, I watched Grand Torino as well, Scott. Um, when you said you were watching his westerns, during your talk, you mentioned that you watched Unforgiven and called it his last western. Oh, not so fast, my friend. It's a movie <laughs> called Cry Macho coming out later this year, where he is, and this is a shoot, 91 years old, and plays a washed-up a washed up rodeo star. Keep an eye out for it. The movie has been trying to get made for 30 years. Clint is 91 uh, he's, years well, old. I, I, mean, I was going to be shocked at that, cause, but then it makes it, he, yeah, he's been around forever. I'm surprised yeah. he's still going. Um, yeah, in all senses of the... <laughs> He's directing, yeah. Yeah. Um, directing and starring in at 91. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Unforgiven was the last in in the sense of it was him kind of closing the book on that and branching out into more non-Western roles. But sure, he's doing he's doing another one at the age of 91. So we'll see how it holds up. Um, uh, since you mentioned Tombstone in your conversation... Because I keep I, I keep calling Unforgiven Tombstone by mistake, which is a different movie. I have a pick three based on that movie. Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Bill Paxton. Have a great week, Scott. Um I didn't know Val Kilmer, by the way, had like throat cancer. Yeah. Uh, and talks with the the cane gimmick. Oh, I didn't know he it. talks with the cane gimmick. Yeah. Very sad. Because there's a documentary on his life coming out that he yeah. made himself, apparently. Um Ooh, this is a tough little one now. Um, What's it? Well, sorry, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Bill Paxton. Mm. See, I was talking to somebody about Val Kilmer specifically recently, and I was like, I just don't know if I've seen enough of Val Kilmer. Yeah, to be like, oh, Val Kilmer's real good. Um, Kurt Russell a little bit more. Um, he's in obviously. Uh, some John Carpenter films, The Thing, Escape from New York. Um, he's in those really good uh, Fast and Furious movies mm-hmm. um, with his big old square head. Uh, Paxton, you have your your aliens of the world. Um, what else did I see him in very recently? What did I see Bill? Was he in, um, he was in Commando? Well, what did I see Bill Paxton in recently? I need to look it up now. I need to look it up and see what he was in. Because I saw him in something very recently, but I don't remember what it was. Bill Paxton, what were you in? 
I'm a bit torn between Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer based purely on Heat, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. I, I still haven't seen Heat yet, so I, I have to abstain on that one. Watch it. I will. I have it on Blu-ray. It's one of the ones that I will get to. Oh, he's in Commando. I was right. It was Commando. I I feel like I'll have to go. I Kurt Russell. I think um, he's he's in too many too many classics. The but thing... let me throw out some that Bill Paxton is in. See if it changes your mind. Right, Nightcrawler, Terminator One, Aliens, Edge of Tomorrow, Commando, Twister, True mm. Lies, um, Spy Kids Two. Hey, the Island of Lost Dreams. So I've actually seen a lot more Bill Paxton than maybe I thought I had. Um, but I'd probably just go Russell on, on the strength of the Carpenter ones, especially the thing. Ooh, yeah. Mama, let me watch yeah, the thing every day until I die. I can't. I can't give up the thing. That's that's the sticking point for me as well. Yeah, go Russell. Right. Uh, thanks very much, Scott, for the uh, emails. Uh, we'll jump into the wrestling here. Uh, I mean, rather, I mean, I don't know if it's so much a a blow by blow of dynamite. I mean, I think the most newsworthy. Well, there was two newsworthy segments. That, even... that opening match. Good lord, that was really, really good. Actually, yeah, I think we really actually good. so so much happened on dynamite. Maybe we should just go through it. The opening match was tremendous. Oh, uh, oh, the entrance, the the video for Hangman mm-hmm. in the Dark Order. Oh, mwah. Chef Kiss. Um, <laughs> yeah, really and then the match itself was was fantastic. Yeah, top notch, top notch stuff. I even I even enjoyed Omega in the Bucks, and often they're quite goofy, but the whole basketball thing was <laughs> was very funny. Except Nick Jackson missed the shot. When he went, no, uh, thank God they're heels at the very least. You know uh, that was funny. I, lo- I liked. It. I love that they had the idea to even bother doing that, though it was so silly. Yeah, it plays into uh, his uh, being the elite gimmick of the trick shot guy. Yeah, but uh, um, oh my God, that match was so good. Really great. Everyone got to shine. They gave it over a half hour, which is, you know makes sense for like a uh, what would have been a main event level match on another show. Um, yeah. Ten man tag, really great. Surprise, Hangman lost, obviously, but you know. Yeah. Sometimes good to be surprised, you know. Yeah, yeah, and look, they've they've got a lot of uh, irons in the fire at the moment, so it's not yeah. like they've. they've no- I think when it comes to AW, we can give them the benefit of the doubt and and say let it play out. The old WWE catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, Adam Page is still obviously the fans are really behind them. They they've been building this feud. I don't think. It's necessarily going to get one hundred percent dropped and forgotten about. Maybe it'll be a little bit on the back burner for a month or two, but obviously they're going to come back to it. It's 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 like razor sharp, poker hot. It, it's mm. it's been done really well, and it's this match was really really fantastic. Um, uh, what wasn't fantastic was Don Callis's legs. Did anybody catch that? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. His, his little pale legs. He had shorts on, like the young <laughs> He came out in shorts with his socks pulled way up. He looked like the biggest nerd in the world. You're like a referee. <laughs> <laughs> he had these little pale legs. Oh, that was, my God, that was great. That was great. Um, oh, man. Doc Gallows. Is there a, a bigger um, nominee for the worst wrestler of this or any other millennium? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and like, I love that he also didn't, he didn't get pinned either, which was really funny. 
there was one bit where he who was he fighting? Someone was hitting him with like shots to the back, and we were watching it. And I I, I said if 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 that was Triple H, he'd tell him you hit me like that, I take it for real. Because <laughs> <laughs> the selling was dog shit. Oh, he's so bad. Yeah, he's terrible. Um, he's lucky he's so funny because if he wasn't, he would he would have nothing going for him. Yeah. Um. Ricky Stark's FTW Championship celebration, of course, ended with Cage coming out, and that's the direction they're going in. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he beat up the the poor band though, who are obviously just hired hands to come in and play these. Yeah, music they were they were making fun of him, you know. Yeah. Indirectly, but you know. Uh, we had a Tanahashi video. Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, that's how crazy the news week has been. That that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Um. He he's challenging. Lance Archer, I guess, who beat Hikuleo. Apparently, yeah. that's happening at uh, one of the New Japan America shows. Yeah. Uh, and then later in the show, you had John Moxley saying, "Oh, I'm I had that belt for a year. You're dodging me. Come fight me." Um, and the rumor is that that may be happening at Arthur Ashe in September. Oh, that'd be very nice. Um, which that show is looking to be quite the bonkers. Uh, mark it down in your calendars event. Yeah. So AW are making all the right steps. Um, in terms of their 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 growth, yeah, baby step by baby step, they're 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 making some clever moves, allegedly. Um, FTR and Santana and Ortiz uh, kind of ended out of nowhere when mm-hmm. Wheeler hurt his arm on the turnbuckle, which I missed initially. Yeah, it was not. It, I, I I don't know why I did kind of see he pulled a face when it happened. I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. Yeah, um, the match was solid before that happened. It wasn't. I feel like the crowd were kind of tired after the Hangman thing. To be honest, um, a little bit. I don't think they came. Be... Go ahead. I was gonna say I don't think they really properly came back until the main event. Um, yeah, I don't think this match was necessarily in the last few weeks built too particularly well. We had that no. botched video package the other week, but I really like uh, Santana Ortiz with Conan. I like that pairing, um, and I would I would actively kind of slowly move them away from inner circle if it was up to me i think the inner circle uh faction has really run its course at this stage yeah. and i th- i think obviously your your sammy Guevara, your santana ortiz really benefited from being in that group but now i think it's time to move them on yeah um what else did we have um we had what uh, uh, until it became obvious why it was being done, we had the announcement of a new show or a new date on the calendar for AEW, yeah. which <laughs> it took me a few minutes, honestly, to, to twig what they were doing. It's like Tony Schiavone goes out there and he's like, folks, are we having fun here in North Carolina? Is everyone very excited for Rampage when that debuts in a few weeks? And, went, yes. and it's just like, we're better, we're better to have Rampage than in Chicago. And then like a couple of people are like, boo, why the fuck are you telling us this? Boo. <laughs> And then he said, you know, it's going to be in the United Center, which is this big, it's the massive, you know, NBA building, which I guess that, like, I guess that's a well-known enough thing in America that the entire crowd put two and two together and immediately started chanting CM Punk. Um, And then they cut to the crowd. They were like, look at these people chanting CM Punk. And they called the show the first dance. And then they went backstage to Darby, who's like, Chicago's a great place to wrestle anyone, even (laughs) <laughs> the best in the world, um, um, and then Sting just winked at the camera. Um, <laughs> I nudged them. 
so they they <clears throat> they went so excessively hard in the teasing CM Punk direction that I was like that this will be a a, a trajectory changing failure if they don't actually have him. I'm I'm fully of the belief that they do, yeah, but you know, yeah. And MJF did a reference as well to the yeah Python promo. So yeah. Nah, it'll be um, it'll be Necro Butcher as CP Monk. That's what they're getting. <laughs> the read out Punk. Yeah, I mean, it was very on the nose. I mean, we talk all the time about the the fan goodwill, and now that they've gone this far, they you can't deliver anything but that. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised by the fact that Rampage is having its own taping though, because it's only an hour long. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure how that's gonna work. But I, I assume the only reason they're they're doing it is because they're like two birds at one stone, debut yeah. punk in Chicago, and also tell people, hey, listen, you have to watch the new show. Yeah, it'll be a special show. live premiere um, or whatever. They are they are they are doing it for what whatever week it's in. I think the first week actually is in Pittsburgh. That's the one they're doing like all the Brit advertising, like all the graphics have her on the mm-hmm. center of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so are, are we expecting Rampage going to be a bit more SmackDown to to Dynamite's Raw rather than what like Dark and Elevation have been? Oh yeah, I, I, I yeah. think so. Um, I think they like we've talked on like there's so much momentum in their favor right now. I think the last thing they need is for it to be superstars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where the first couple of weeks they put the stars on it and then in two months time it's fucking Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa main eventing, you know. Yeah, it has it has yeah. to be SmackDown yeah. or Sunday good era Sunday night heat, you know. Yeah, I mean their their roster is, is so big now. Even discounting the kind of dark and elevation people, they have enough big stars now that they they're really struggling to have them all on every week. Like we had very little Cody at all. He had that tiny brawl with Alistair on the show, which we'll get to. Yeah, and very little like Christian being shoved into a tag match with Justin Express. It feels like there's not a lot of room to breathe. So maybe that's maybe it'll be treated more like a third hour rather than having people appear on both like consistently. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. I think I think a mix of that would would be the healthy way to go, but um, maybe, we'll see. Maybe we'll get the debut of the corporate ministry um, on, on the first episode. <laughs> it could be Dark Order and the Elite just merging into the oh, the Elite the no. Elite Order. Order. Oh my god! Oh, Imagine. oh my god! The, the, what would the music be? It would be great. Oh god! Yeah, <laughs> mash up the themes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it is just one hour though. Um, because if it's if it's going to be an additional A show, that's good. But I hope that if it was two two hour shows, it'd be like, all right, that's what, that's what, that might stretch you a bit. The hand signal would be like a clawed version of the the too sweet, would it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that it's on Friday is good as well. Because I usually watch Dynamite on a on a Saturday once it's been on ITV. So I figure I can yeah. just watch. I'll just watch Dynamite and Rampage in one two hour block. One bulk. That's per- perfect. You know, yeah. get that done. Yeah, nice. I might be tempted to watch. Uh, uh, Rampage live if it's on a Friday night. That's what I was going to ask for the for the, at least for the debut. Who's who's going to stay up on the or, or on get the up 20th. early on the yeah on the Friday and watch that one? Uh, if they have it on the fight on the fight game, I I I get the fight thing for Dynamite. If it's on that, I'll absolutely watch it on that. Hmm. That that seems to me like something they'd be double dipping on. Oh, you bastards! I feel like it will be. I feel like it will be. Or like I, I like it's a fiver. If they say we're putting it up to seven, I'd be like, "All right, I can, I can swing that." But 
right. they're like you have to pay an additional fiver for one extra hour, that be that would be pushing it now. Gotcha. Uh, but anyway, but anyway, um, Lance Archer and Hikaleo in a big Hoss match. Yeah, Hikaleo's big, but <laughs> he's big. He is big, big but yeah. I don't know about anything else to be honest. Very skinny. He's like he is just like Haku stretched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Haku was great here, by the way. He was um, he was doing his his the, the kung fu stuff. Kung fu stuff. He was dressed like the Funkasaurus. <laughs> he had the exact Funkasaurus clothes on. He had the red tracksuit and the white shirt on. Um, yeah. I mean, the match itself there wasn't much to it, but Archer hit him with the hit him with the blackout. Got his legs over and had him done. Uh, then we had that Cody brawl that we mentioned. Cody got booed for parts of that as well, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I I mean, Malachi Black is obviously the shiny new toy Yeah, that the fans are into. And Cody... Cody hasn't uh, been blowing the doors off the last two or three months necessarily. No. Um, so we'll see about that. Miro and Lee Johnson for next week. Lovely. That'd be good. Miro did, did another great uh, promo Christian and Jurassic Express defeated HFO not much to that one yeah. and then Blade knocked out Christian with brass knocks Blade is all over the show these days What's Blade, up with Blade's okay Blade's a, uh, yeah. I mean yeah he's I mean like he's a fine guy for someone like Christian to beat in a TV feud you know it's funny that Blade was beaten by Orange Cassidy and now Blade has gone to, to Christian does that mean that's where like Christian is like below Orange Cassidy on the on the um, the clout tier uh, ranking. I, I think I think it's more so just that that Blade has beef with Orange Cassidy, but he's been paid to take out Christian. Mm. Well, Blade is in the HFO, to be fair. Yeah, so that's that's. I was hoping that we're moving on from that Christian Matt Hardy thing ASAP. So was I. Like the match, the singles match they had over delivered. I was like, well done, lads. Let's move on. Especially because yeah. my my assumption is that Christian is the all out challenger now. Um, for Kenny. Let's see. Um, they want to get moving on whoever it is. They don't yeah, have get moving and. And like again, it's been fine, but let's put some distance between him and Matt Hardy because that doesn't that doesn't feel like a main eventer on the rise program. Oh, it feels like mid card yeah. shit, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we had Thunder Rosa versus Julia, Julia Hart. Listen, <laughs> she's very young. I'm sure she'll turn out to be a great prospect. Holy shit, Julia Hart was. And she was in there with Thunder Rosa as well. Arguably the best person you could possibly be in there with. A tremendous wrestler and also a trainer. She trains people as well. Like, oh, it wasn't good. It was not good. Um, but, you know, uh, she's like 18 or something like that. She's incredibly young. Yeah. Um, It'll come. It'll come, yeah. I, I there's all these all this talk of signings and and, and things. They, they added Thunder Rosa to the roster, which is tremendous. Um, I wonder when her no could be is Ruby Riot showing up here. I feel like that would make sense. Yeah, maybe. Um, I feel like they need to, in the same way, they're really juicing up their roster with some big names. I feel like they could probably do it signing a couple of high profile women as well. Um, but yeah, uh, and that brought us to the main event, uh, which was. The god, the king of this shit, Nick fucking Gage, who did a load of PG promos on the on the road to and on the earlier in this show as well. 
where he didn't say any rude words, which I thought was no. funny. But then they had then they had uh, Justin Roberts do like a bad impression of the GCW guy. Murder's uh, kill gang. Yeah, uh, he's from Eastern Block, representing that murder death kill gang. <laughs> Nick Effin Gage. Like, you know, I don't know why he was Oprah there at the end. But, um, <laughs> uh, did we talk about the Cardona match? By the way, we did, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, okay, never mind. So, um, this was on the good end of what you'd exactly expect out of it. Um, yeah, uh, and like the Cardona match, there was a couple of minutes early on where I was like, "Oh, don't, don't try and have a match. Don't try and have a match, match because it's not going to be good." The top rope, Hurricane Rana, Nick Gage. Yeah, um, yeah, Jericho. You know, he he seems like the type of fella who who would want to go all in and prove that he can do a match like this, and so he did. You know, yeah, yeah. It was it was what it was. Um fun spectacle yeah we obviously got the the now infamous pizza cutter into the dominoes ad transition which was so funny because i so i was watching on fight obviously yeah the they didn't get it you don't get it you just get the match which is great i love having it uninterrupted and then going on twitter and everyone was buzzing about the show it was this great show and then the, the clip was doing the rounds someone was like someone did like a screen recording of the u.s tv feed and it was Oh my god, you couldn't have written anything better. Especially because there's one point like so he cuts his head and then and then Jericho's like selling and they and they go picture in picture to the pizza. And then halfway to the pizza ad, Gage like holds it up to the hard camera as well, and it's got Jericho's marinara blood all over it. Oh god. Um Yeah, which so I don't know, like it seems to have gotten them in some hot water. The, I mean, they haven't even officially pulled the ads or anything, so it's not like it's the, the sky is falling. Uh, uh, lads, come on. Cop on. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. of wrestling. It's a bit of crack. Come on, yeah. it's, fake. it's fake. You're being worked. Oh, also, I feel like in, in, in this day and age, an, another brand will absolutely swoop in for the notoriety. Maybe not a pizza brand, but some... Or maybe, maybe like, some fucking pizza brand will... Papa you know, John's. Yeah, all of these fucking companies have edgy teen posters working on their twitter accounts mm. so they'll ring marketing and say yeah. listen there's there's cool points to be had here if we take this spot um and fucking hire nick gage to be in our commercials um <laughs> uh, fucking elbow dropping a pizza or something um, <laughs> using the pizza cutter on it he he's the guy who i don't want to say he's had good luck in his life because that's probably not fair but in terms of wrestling in terms of things happening in his life that have greatly enhanced his wrestling legend like he'll dine out on this forever. He's definitely gonna make a shirt. He's definitely gonna get a fuck Domino's chant at the next show he's on. Like it's you, if you when you're that kind of guy, you couldn't ask for a better gift than to be you're too hot for the sponsors. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was pretty great. And then uh, MJF announced the third labor would be the juicy one, uh, who wasn't there. Which was a bit of an anticlimax compared to Nick yeah. coming out the previous week and showing his pizza cutter to everybody. So we're getting the juicy, the juice, Juventud. Uh, interesting, interesting callback. You know, um, very clever when they showed it. That was very clever. Yeah, and it's a guy from Jericho's past, which is which is fine. Um, it'll be fun. I, I. I it's going to be tough to kind of do this fucking glass pizza cutter deathmatch thing and then do three more labors. 
Yeah, and then a match with Hoobie, which is kind of like a jokey nostalgia reference kind of thing. And Jericho has to hit a move off the top. He has to win with a move off the top. Yeah, I believe is the rule. Um, which is not which is not the same thing as survive a death match, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I, it's cool. It's still fun. They're having a lot of fun with this with the mm. storyline, which I appreciate. Yep. And that was dynamite. Um. Bray Wyatt is gone from the Fed, from the WWE. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, budget cuts, allegedly. Hmm. Mm. I mean, they've already replaced them with Alexa Bliss anyway. They've given her the gimmick. So I guess they kind of figured why we don't really need them anymore. That, that, that is interesting, isn't it? Though it is weird that they did that. Because all along, I was like, why... Because he's been off TV and she's just been still been the fiend. I'm like, so because the speculation for a while was like, oh, do they want a fiend on each show? So when Bray comes back, he'll go on the opposite brand. Oh God! They love this shit so much they have to have it on all 17 hours of their programming. Oh, God. Um, I guess you can look at it even more cynically now and say, well, we've we've transitioned the character onto someone else. Yeah. You know, uh, Kane Kane has come out dressed up as Diesel. <laughs> well, yeah, if if they really wanted to keep the fiend going. Stick a mask on Otis. There you go. He's the fiend now. <laughs> it wouldn't be any less shit. So I mean, yeah. I guess not. I mean, yeah, you know. Really. Um, it's it is strange, really... though. Like, what's the end game of release? Like, Braun Strowman was a surprise, but this one is even bigger. And they they they've cited budget cuts, but you kind of wonder what's the end game with releasing these these fairly big. You know, he's been one of the main eventers for the last two years, really. Him and Roman have kind of carried a lot of it. So it's very strange to me. Um, maybe they're just thinking brand. Brand is everything. We don't. It doesn't really matter who's on the show. Absolutely. Because <laughs> no, none With of these guys like Cena or Roman, maybe. Apart, yeah, part timers obviously make a difference. So, you know, Goldberg, etc. But other than that, maybe it makes no difference. Maybe they look at the numbers and say, "Oh, it makes absolutely no difference who's on the show, as long as we've got bodies on there who can do the job." Get rid of the big contracts and just yeah. Seems it. Yeah, it's I. It's, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. I like I. Like you said, it's it's one of the they've put the most work into over the mm. years, and by all accounts, was a well liked team player. You know, didn't have enemies in the company. You know, he was always he was. I I it, I yeah. It is. Was it was it literally just a cynical? Because the story with Braun was it's it's okay. It's just. It's that his contract was so giant that they were like, mm. okay, that's why. I, I, similar thing with him, I guess, but I don't know. I It feels like there's more to it that we're not seeing or hearing. I don't know why. Maybe. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, these things these things do eventually come out. And then there's this whole thing of, like, where could he go? I mean, how how many more people can AEW conceivably take on? Um, like, sure. I think... Oh. I think... Oh. <laughs> I, I, I mean... I think let him in as he says. Um, like Brian and Punk are like cat misses. They're like to me. They're like if if they offer Punk especially is like if he says look I want to wrestle, you you drive the the truck of money up. Fair enough. Yeah. But other than that, they've signed Big Show and Christian and Andrade and Mark Henry and some people are saying this is the case now. I don't think so. But at a certain point, it will kind of be like okay, like you have lots of your own guys. Like you know, push them especially. Bray White, who is such an embodiment of shit, modern WWE. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't know. 
Maybe yeah, I, I, anymore, I it's very much an impact field for me for whatever reason. Yeah. Feuding with Sammy Callahan over there. Mm. Um, he could also, you know, I, I imagine he's he's because his contract was presumably quite large, and he was a, he was a big merch before. He could also just take a year or two and just say, "I'm just going to stay home." He can just do cons if he wants. He could do cons. He could. I, I imagine he, if he wanted, to, I mean, you know, if he wanted to make inroads in any other form of entertainment, you know, he could. At the end of the day, Kurt Angle was in a lot of direct-to-video shit, I, I'm, uh, and I would say Bray's probably better than him when it comes to transitioning into acting. So, um, um, I would love nothing more because at the end of the day, he, I, I, you know, hated most of his gimmicks. But I think he is a good wrestler. And he's an agile big guy. I would, I would just love to be pleasantly surprised if he just did a tour of the Indies and was great, and he just fucking wrestled, you know. Right. And he, you know, but if he goes, if but if he goes to the Indies and does, um. Uh, the the menace. Here's Windham <laughs> Windham the menace, and he does his fucking spider walk and fucking teleporting oh, on the Indies. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Um, but yeah. Well, what about if they bring him in, Buri Wayato, uh, to New Japan with uh, with Big Tom Ishi, and they can hit their heads off each other and be big, big tough horsemen. I I'd love to see him give it a go. I I, I maybe it would be class. You know what I mean? Maybe it would be class. Uh, especially because like New Japan's desperate for a bit of an injection of life at the moment. If he came in, because that was always the cliche, like six seven years ago, was that, oh they're fed up in WWE. Wrestler X would love to go to Japan and do a G one and prove that they can do it. You know, yeah. um, if he if he was one of those guys, that'd be really interesting. Um, but yeah, that just happened last night, and it's very you know. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, so yeah, presumably we'll have an update on that uh, next week, I'd imagine. Also next week, I'm gonna be. I'm very curious to see what happens at PWG tonight. They're doing a mystery vortex show, mm. um, which will be intriguing because obviously a lot of the you know uh, lots of people recently released, lots of people out there in the wild. PWG haven't advertised anything. They haven't done a show in two years. Um, so who's going to show up? Will they? Will, will any huge free agents show up? Will any AEW wrestlers show up? Will, will any will any uh, previously banished or cancelled wrestlers shows up? Who knows? Um, yeah. So if anything newsworthy happens there, we'll talk about it next week. But um, I think that's going to do it for this week, lads. Um, mm. Got a lot in there. It was a busy, uh, busy uh, uh, wrestling week. Uh, we didn't even talk about like that Chicago show sold twelve thousand tickets before the general sale started. Yeah. Um, so I think people are excited for the old wrestling at the moment. Um, so yeah, uh, including ourselves. So we will be back next week with uh, is there, is there a gimmick name for next week's oh homecoming dynamite homecoming? Yeah. They're doing uh, Malachi Black versus Cody. back in Daly's place. Back in Daly's place one last time. So we'll be talking about that. We'll talk about any other Bray and Punk and Danielson news we come across. We'll have more Twitch updates and we'll have uh, um, uh, maybe a Ratchet and Clank discussion. Who knows? Um, yeah, so thanks very much for listening as always. If you want to pop us an email like Scott, is where you can go to do that. Send us a question about wrestling, not wrestling, life, movies, television, what we're up to, um, and we will happily answer it. Um, until then next week that is it's goodbye from me Barry Murphy it's goodbye from Paul goodbye
it's quite a joke. Goodbye.